0: I need to go write poetry. (laughs) You you don't understand my pain.
1: (laughs) I knew there was something awful coming or something that you didn't like, that Stan the man didn't like, but I didn't know what that horrible thing was going to be. And I, I don't think I ever could have guessed that it would have been
0: that. Who is Pennywise and how has he been there that long and where does his magic come from?
1: Maybe more crazy than Nicholas Cage. More crazy and intense than Nicholas Cage. Or definitely gives him a run that, for his money. I
0: totally will buy that. Totally buy that. It's so
1: upsetting. Oh,
0: uh, sorry. Oh, why'd he yeah. do it?
1: <laughs> why'd he write it? Why couldn't he? I don't know. Think better of it. Stephen King. Hello. Hey, buddy. Hey, I think your camera's covered, but I hear you.
0: There, <laughs> there he is. I, I like to keep my the NSA agent that's assigned to me on his toes. <laughs> so.
1: Good man. I got a new uh, computer, so I was figuring it out. But it's all the same for you on like a sound normal and.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, you sound great. How do I? Do I sound all right? Yes. Uh... I, I had. This was the first time I had to. My rig is kind of back together uh, since I came out to Minnesota because I oh, haven't had right. to record, right? So, uh, ugh, sorry, all, all that right. planning, and then I still biffed it at the last second. It was I like looked, looked at my watch. I was in my chair and I looked at my watch, and it was like six thirty. And then I feel like I looked at it again, and it was seven twenty nine. And I'm like, how did that
1: happen? Oh no, that's okay. I it gave me just a minute to finish my my own setup so it worked out great
0: that, that's why
1: because i'm old And my I, chair too, i'm old yeah i understand it's
0: like <laughs> ambient so. your chair
1: is like ambient yeah
0: <laughs> that's great <laughs> and it's so funny because ash gives me such a hard time she's like you just fall asleep you, you just it's like you just sit in that chair and 30 seconds later you're asleep i'm like it's a comfortable chair i don't know what to tell you <laughs> but it's like every time sometimes i'll just like My legs just get antsy and I need to stretch them out. So I'll be like, hey, can I take the couch? And you take my chair. And she's like, Yeah, that's no problem. And like she'll sit in my chair, and 30 seconds later, she'll fucking be asleep. And I'm like, (laughs) see? The chair. (laughs) I'm like, see, I told you the chair's covered. She's like, man, that chair. (laughs) And like mika has taken to like when if neither one of us are in that chair sometimes she'll just like climb in that chair and like sprawl out and like pass out (laughs) and it's like see it's that chair it's so comfortable
1: that sounds awesome i i need a chair like that
0: oh man yeah well you don't want i i mean it's like quickly turning into this like old man's chair you know like it you can see like the impression from my hands like from where i use the arms to like get up you know and uh yeah. I'm sure, that cushion is seed sub stuff. Like <laughs> <ugh. And laughs> I almost said dreams. shit, and then I was like <laughs> oh, no. I was like, oh man, like yeah, that's a little it might be a little too close to home. The dump chair.
1: Do you remember that at my parents' house? Um I don't know. No. I, think, I think I think Marv called it that because there was an incident in our adolescence where Jacko soiled it slightly. <laughs>
0: Uh, I remember that. Uh, yeah. Oh, I do remember that. Uh.
1: It was a very old, like, tattered chair. You know, the kind of thing that if you're a a teenager in the early 90s and you're weaseling your way into the master bedroom, you could make use of. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I remember some Marv freaking out. Like, he was kind of having a, a, dr- a dramatic, like, for dramatic effect freak out. It might have been that thing where he's watching the Jennifer Aniston movie. That's on video where he's getting all. He, it was like we watched picture perfect. And
0: oh, it, he, he it hit a little too the close to home. Yeah, he got yeah. so
1: mad about how Jennifer Aniston's character was behaving in that, and he was freaking out, like kind of pretending to cry, like in, in rage, and he's like on the dump chair. <laughs> <laughs> <He grabbed laughs> the camera at some point. Anyway,
0: but yeah, uh, that that is a brilliant. uh That was one of those. Moments in time where you like, uh, see, I remember you like showed me your of that day. I was not there that day, yeah, it was just
1: him and me and Bauman,
0: yeah. And uh, I remember you saying, like, oh man, like you, you had to see how riled up you he got, <laughs> and like you had like this like hidden camera montage <laughs> that you had, like. Put together, it was like this, like (sighs) highlight reel of all the best moments. And I remember him literally, like spitting on the floor, like, uh, yeah, like you laugh so hard, and like you're like, look, he spit on the floor. And I remember like watching that and being like, oh my gosh, this guy is talented. Like
1: (laughs) (laughs) he's spying on his friends, yeah, exploiting their pain.
0: He got this. (laughs) You got this, like, perfect shot of video and then, like, put together this, like, clip of it. Oh, man, yeah. that uh, It's just, it's kind of funny because it's like, that's what I live for now on YouTube. That's exactly the kind of video. Uh, it's almost like a vine. Oh, yeah, I uh, guess so. Yeah, oh, that's boy. that was so funny. <laughs> Jeez.
1: But yeah, my father in law was just here, and he he also was a little sick, and so he was extra sleepy. But he falls asleep in chairs all the time, and slept a ton, like on the chairs around this house. And I'm just so envious of that ability, because that's a wonderful feeling, in my estimation, to like just drift off. Like, it, oh, I, and I've been ha- sometimes having trouble like getting to sleep, and so yeah, you tend, to, you tend to like fetishize sleep. Like anyway, but. I don't know. I, I'm sure it's frustrating if you want to do things or if you're you
0: that know, it definitely right. it definitely is the case. Um, and it's like some of, some of it is exacerbated by the fact that like you know, you fall asleep in the chair, it, like I am the same way I have trouble falling asleep. and and it's a lot harder to fall asleep when you're supposed to fall asleep if you slept for an hour in this chair. And now it's bedtime and you're wide the fuck awake on top of already having sleeping problems. You know, like some days it totally fucks me where it's like, yeah, it felt great sleeping for two hours like mistakenly in that Mm -hmm. chair because you just like dozed off. But it's like now I'm going to be up till four in the fucking morning and then I'm going to start falling asleep right around when I should be getting ready to like think about getting up, you know, (laughs) so. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I've been been a real convert or... I don't know, convert, but I find that whole idea of like the, I don't know if you call it power naps, but keeping it to the sleep cycle. So I'll, I'll lay down. If I'm really struggling, I'll lay down for a half an hour, set a timer for that. And generally, even if I don't think I fell asleep after that half hour, I feel a bit better. Yeah. But last week I did that and uh, I think I was like, I set a timer for an extra 15 minutes when I woke up and I was yeah. fucked. I was fucked for the night. Like I think I slept yeah. somehow too deeply. So there's something about that magic half hour for me but you got to do that yeah. on purpose and i generally only do it if i'm like like i can't really function <laughs> so
0: uh, yeah you're supposed to like nap either so that you don't fall into that like rem sleep or wait for a full sleep cycle i heard like 20 minutes or 90 minutes or like the yes, two yes i've like, heard the same yeah like that that's the perfect time frame so
1: yeah it was enough to register on my fitbit later <coughs> which i think was a bad sign for <laughs> or, or oh, indicative yeah. of why i couldn't sleep the, the, the
0: yeah night. yeah so eh what can you do You're, yeah. you just get old and you sleep <laughs> when you can that's and right. you get you what you can. can done and i don't know
1: those cats are fighting behind you
0: <laughs> Are they, yeah, <laughs> like, they just do like a tumble through the like open exposed yeah. doorway? Oh, that awesome, that's so yeah. great. Yeah. Awesome. Like they were, it's probably, it, what's so great is it's probably like Mika, like, Hey, play with me. Cause I like, she's our um, like angsty teen mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. So like every time she, she'll just randomly run through like the room. Like we'll just be sitting there enjoying ourselves and she'll just like out of nowhere, run from one doorway through the room out the next doorway <laughs> and like and but while she'll do it she'll be like Meow! and like make this noise <laughs> like she has to announce that she's running through the room so then i've I've started like just saying these like angsty teen things when she does that like like oh, i need to go write poetry or <laughs> like, you don't understand my pain like those kind of things like as she runs through that's great yeah
1: is she the lighter colored one? I forget. Yeah, the orange one. The yeah. orange one, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. I love it's, it when animals seem to have their own agenda. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, they, so their she, own mission.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh, and she totally does. She's such a brat. Uh, She... Oh, here's... Who's this one?
1: Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, see either.
0: Yeah, Mose is... Mo's is the old one and the brown... Like the calico one. And she's like... She... She's like running around and fucking hates Mika. Like, hate, <laughs> like just hates her. Uh, she is a frustrating cat because she likes attention all on her terms. That sounds uh, like cats. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking uh, of someone
1: who doesn't have them, but maybe doesn't like
0: them. So oh much. yeah. No, <laughs> I, I totally think that she, uh, Would just prefer if there was only like two rooms in our house, like the bathroom and the bedroom, because those are the only two rooms she likes to occupy, really. (laughs) And I know a good portion of that is Tank doesn't make it easy on the cats because he never catches them, but he always is like keeping them on their toes, like trying to get at them. (laughs) And uh I'm laughing because
1: I like to imagine this sort of drama where they have or I'm anthropomorphizing them and they're
0: Oh like, yeah. No, we this. do that all the time. We do it all the time. <laughs> oh I'm glad to hear it. And uh, uh but sh Mose is like she's she's the one that like loves her tail pulled. Like hmm. she likes you know how cats like it if you like run your hand down their back. Oh and yeah, then,
1: and they kind of stiffen or, or move with it.
0: Yeah. But when she does it, like she. When you get to her tail, she like stops and wants you to like ring her tail like the whole way down her tail. It's all very erotic. <laughs> it is. Did I tell you about this already? I don't think so.
1: Oh a, man, like, Go slower, like, turn the lights down. <laughs>
0: yeah, no. well, because it, it, it does get very lurid. It's like I call, she's so greedy. Like she's greedy with it because like I'll get up in the middle of the night like three times to go pee, right? And every time she'll like, come running in and she'll stand. We have a squatty potty next to the toilet because our toilet's a weird shape. So it doesn't fit under the squatty potty under Mm. the toilet. So it's like next to the toilet under the sink with the trash can in the middle of the legs. And I'll go into the bathroom. And if I have to like poop, I'll sit down and she'll come in and stand on the squatty potty and look at me and like swish her tail. And she just wants me to just like keep wringing her tail. She doesn't even want me to pet her back or anything <laughs> like that. She just wants me to like, just wring her tail out, like wring her tail out. Uh, oh man. She's so greedy. And You'll go <laughs> in the bed. If you, she's the only one that's upstairs with you. Like if you're the first one into bed, mm-hmm. she'll like jump into bed and like come and like headbutt your arm until you <laughs> pet her. And like, uh, She's so greedy <laughs> <clears throat> and I'll sit there and let watch her. Let Mika like groom her. She'll let Mika like give her a, you know, liquor or whatever, like her mm-hmm. head. <laughs> yeah. And then like, but then like Miko come up and want to play with her and she'll just be like, no, fuck you. Just like, <laughs> and runs away and just like, fuck you. Get away from me, bitch. Like, <laughs> just know that's what she's saying. Like, I fucking hate your ass, bitch. Like, (laughs) I wish that dog would fucking catch you and bite your fucking head off, bitch. (laughs) Like I just think, like she says the most. Like I think she just says the most awful, vile things to Mika. (laughs) Like, because that's what her eyes say when you see her look at her,
1: (laughs) bitch. And she was there first, of course. Was she there before
0: tanks as well? No, no, no. No, we got the (laughs) as like maybe. Tank, she would be like a companion for Tank, and he didn't like it, and <laughs> she didn't like him. So, for the longest time, like she just lived upstairs, and Tank just lived downstairs, and they would trade at night. Oh, <laughs> it was like, yeah. So, um, and then Mika just like you know, we can that story's on another episode, uh, but she just like showed up one day
1: oh that's right yes
0: a year ago like just over a year ago actually right around this time uh is when we got her um she just showed up and yeah i got her all checked out and she was good to go so then we let her in the rest of the house and it's been fucking chaos since she'll <laughs> she does this thing where you'll just ra- like she stole a whole package of hamburger out of the sink Oh like uh, oh. Ash was gone on travel for work, and I had got a thing a hamburger out and put it in the sink, and then I realized I never I had forgotten it, and so uh, like two days later, and I'm oh. like, I like set a reminder on my phone. I was like, make sure you throw that that hamburger away in the sink, and so I got home. And remembered it and walked to the sink and there's nothing in the sink. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. (laughs) You know, you got hamburger out. And so then I'm like, she fucking took it somewhere and I turned around and luckily I just happened to look at that right time and she had drug it. She had not just the hamburger, like 10 different pinball parts that she had like pilfered. And they were all underneath one of the pinball machines where she had like gone and moused it and drug it under there. And like this package of hamburger was under there, like a kill. Like, I'm going to eat you later, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so awful. So, she, this thing she does now is Ash will get avocados. And fucking avocados are the most exorbitantly priced, precious food ever. They go from like rock hard. You only have, like, a 15-minute window where they're yeah. good, where they'll go from, like, rock hard to, like, bruise, rotten brownness, you know? Yeah. Oh, oh, and And you, if you miss that five-minute window where they look good, it's, like, you get one or the other. That's it. And uh, Ash had just brought these avocados home, and uh, they were too hard, so she had them out. And, like, Mika just, like, stole one. And, like... Mm-hmm. We'll just take it, so we'll just carry it around with it in her mouth and just leave it deposited somewhere. <laughs> like, doesn't try to eat it, doesn't you know? But it's like, fuck, the avocados are expensive, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, see, that's one of those times where I really wish she had a large audience that could sustain merch because I want a t shirt <laughs> like Mika with the thing, like a kind of a graphic of her avocado in her mouth, just like in the circle of a t shirt that says like avocados are expensive bitch <laughs> i'm hearing that a lot for like podcasts that i that i listen to where they're especially the, well it's the ones that have live shows in particular to where they'll make um performance specific shirts and they'll oh of, yeah you know they'll decide what it is during or some it depends like uh how did this get made where they do cover a particular movie they Decide during the show, I think, what the t-shirt is going to be, and then they make it on sale online after, I think. And then others like the fighter and the kid, like when the uh, Brendan Schaub, I think, tours, he's doing, uh, yeah, like city-specific themed merch, and it's pretty clever. And I guess that's how people make their their money these days. But yep. So my mind thinks about them, and then it's like, oh.
0: <laughs> so... I know, man. I try. I have tried just about every way to try to get a live stream onto a YouTube live stream that would have both of us in our respective places, at least in there.
1: Oh, that's all right. I, pre- I just well, can't I do it
0: doing that. Uh, well, no, I mean, I, I did like the limit, like it just sucks. Cause it's, we got, we just got to like a hundred subscribers mm-hmm. and um we got uh, all this other, I feel like we were gaining a, a, our little presence on YouTube. Um, and man, we got fucked hard. So I was just trying to think of all these different ways that we could do it. And they just thought of all of them and none of them work. So,
1: um, I'm sure something will present itself before too long.
0: Yeah, yeah. I If one of us becomes like stand-up, Artists, or (laughs) yeah,
1: all right, some
0: some kind of thing that, like, we can afford to just get a studio that will have one, you know, even though it has multiple cameras, has one feed. That's that's really what it is. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I noticed too that I didn't, uh, I have my Goonie shirt on tonight. Oh, yeah, in commemoration of our last episode. And I realized after I got back, I was going through my closet. And the reason I didn't wear this shirt was because it uh, normally was because it was too small. It, uh, it was like on the smaller end. And
2: yeah.
0: So, uh, but I was like, see, you have a good shirt. You should have wore that. I had to put it on and it fit again. So that's, that's great. That,
1: that's, <laughs> that's good. feel good. So,
0: oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Good times. Yeah, um, absolutely. So uh you wanted to talk some shop, uh I guess we should look at too our um because our recording schedule is thrown off. I mean it's yeah. technically eight o'clock, but we're no we're not doing this for a fucking audience. Right. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I put some things on the calendar a while back and that's all like don't know, all over the place now. But that's some of what I was thinking about. I mean, and then there's been the development of uh December, which I bet I can take a camera, like a good camera. Anyway, because I want to get, I want to film in that pinball room. <laughs> you know, I think that'd be amazing. Oh, visual. yeah. I wouldn't be able to bring more than one camera. So it'd have to be like a lockdown wide shot, but that'd still be really nice to have. Plus, I could then, you know, film B roll and shit of us like goofing off, playing pinball. Yeah. And making merry.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm trying, I'm, uh, I am slowly working this plan to try to have, uh, Monster Bash by that time. <laughs> oh my
1: god. That'd be amazing. Uh,
0: it would be super awesome. It, it's kinda I have to sell a machine to even make room for it, but then it also hinges on me selling that machine. So I need to get what needs done to it done so then it's sellable. And then once it's sellable, sell it. So <laughs> yeah. uh no, uh I, I think it would be awesome to shooting the pinball room that's so flattering and just like, yeah, I wasn't thinking about the, the star Wars stuff happening. So I need, now I need three days so I can take the 21st off too, because it'd just be more fun for me to have that whole day off. Yeah. Um, so, so I have all the time that I need to do all of those things to do cookie weekend. And that's if I'm talking to my sister by then, because we are oh. falling out and, uh, haven't talked to each other since so
1: oh that sucks. that's just
0: a family drama yeah fucking uh I, I really started to come down on myself uh this would probably be good podcast stuff too which we're not shooting i guess we're not doing videos so some of this can get used
1: yeah i could weave it in uh, yeah. yeah yeah if you want to talk now
0: um it just it turned out to be one of those things where i was really i i i felt like in the moment i stood up for myself but then you know i i I know you have a personality that's very similar to mine in this sense where it's like you stand up for yourself finally And then I spend the next like month just dissecting all of my actions and Mm. somehow I will turn those into like, oh, maybe you shouldn't have done that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are definite times where that's true. Like, oh, you were totally the asshole in that situation now that you're thinking about it, you know? And, but this was one of those times where I was like, man, you know, maybe you're being an asshole. Maybe you're just looking at this the wrong way. And I'm like, I remembered my goal from like the start of this year where it was like, focus on the relationships that matter and ignore the ones that, and and I'm just like, no, this is totally that I'm totally doing that fucking goal. Like it's not, you know, it's September and, or, and I, I forget exactly when this happened, but you know, you are, you are on that goal. Like you're doing what that goal, um, was intended for yeah, so
1: it helped kind of yeah it helped Yeah, feel better and realize or yeah feel better about
0: my choices right? and like yeah. and not have to sit there and like dwell on my actions like i normally do so
1: yeah yeah i was thinking about stuff like that recently or just the way i i think the fine line that i've tried to learn is like how to um what is it it's like how to Yeah, how to choose like when to quote unquote stand up for myself or like basically like I'm trying to learn how to like not hold on to things or be angry about things, but also not like just allow, I guess, abusive behaviors where I try to draw the line and try to figure out what, what that is or like something where I feel it's important to intervene either for myself or for somebody else or whatever. And I would think about, I can even picture like the video clip from our show where I'm talking about that internal versus external lo- locus of control yeah and um i think i was thinking at that time like it was really bad perhaps bad that my my Im- i have an imbalance there where i'm always trying to think about like my role in it or how what i can do and i th- i starting to think that it's maybe more less to do with like yeah i like i feel like it's good for me to focus on what my part in in things is and what i can do differently but i think what i'm trying to sorry that it's not coming out well cuz i'm trying to formulate i'm trying to think about it <laughs> like or trying to sort it out but i think what it is it's what isn't isn't my responsibility or just like business like flat out like what like i think what it is in the past that is like i have felt responsible for things that I, or like what it comes down to i think is like being like controlling ultimately like there's certain stuff like I can't control what other people do. And I think even though I would say that, I think I would take a kind of a responsibility for it or like try to influence it in some way. I don't know. It's something I've been thinking a lot about. And um, I'm actually reading this book. I don't have it up here, but it's called, uh, I think it's called value fulfillment, well-being as value fulfillment, how we can help each other live well by Valerie Tiberius. And, uh, the The idea is basically that what makes us each happy is very subjective and based on values. Not necessarily like American values or whatever, just like... For, so, for me, a uh, weird idiosyncrasy that I'm trying to lean into and embrace and not beat myself up about is like I like to make things when I hang out with friends. That's my favorite way to hang out with friends. Yeah. I just spent a weekend recently visiting our friend Crams. Listeners on the podcast will know he's making this album. He, they won't know he's making an album. I'm telling you that now, I guess. But I decided a while back that I wanted to come and like record some stuff, make a, some sort of video about it, but also to have that time to spend uh with him and as that i just kept pushing putting it off putting it off and then it came up he wrote this like really he made me cry like with something he wrote about my album it's one of the only times i've ever like realized like i'm missing out on facebook (laughs) it's like i didn't see this post until later but and when i saw it i was like okay i got to go there but the reason i bring that up now in this context is i just made a conscious choice of myself to be like what I really want to do is make this thing, and in making this thing, I will have the experience with him that I, I value. Because, like, part of what I value is that creative uh, enterprise. And yeah. it's weird. And a lot of times in my life, I've struggled with the idea of like trying to make sure you build in time for like normal hanging out or whatever. And I'm just like, right. but I just, I, when I laid it out to him, I was like, look, I'm going to come in as c- soon as I can after work on Friday, but it might be late. I want to film all day Saturday <laughs> like, and then I'm going to go home Sunday by noon for, to get back for a in dead night. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of insane. Like if you think about it, um, yeah, yeah. but it's just like, look, that's how I, <laughs> that will make me happy. I like, I won't. And I try not to make apologies for it. And I had a great time. We had a great time. I got tons of stuff filmed till like three in the morning. But so that's an example of like what I value is the, the is that part of it. So that's, an example right. but like for some people that might sound like a nightmare you know or, or even him like to not really not want to do that but thankfully he has, he shares enough of a uh, places enough of value on that for him or perhaps for him it's different which is part of the point maybe for him it was just i need some time with an old friend if this is how <laughs> but so the, so the idea is this right. value fulfillment so like if you're fulfilling your personal what you personally value that's what equals happiness. So the, so half the book is that, but then the other half is like how you can be a better friend essentially by taking into account what your friend's values are. Um, anyway, yeah. I, I, I thought that related a little bit more directly than it did. Other than to say, it's like I'm trying to figure out... So it's like when you're deciding how to help friends and that extends friends to like family and, and intimate relationships, like you have to... You can't just... We do... The premise is that we all kind of presume... What makes us happy will make others happy, and you have to take into account, you know.
0: <laughs> she, oh. thinks the, she thinks we're live. <laughs> we're, oh, not live. No, we're not live. And we're not live. We're just in a, hang hang on a
1: weird tangent.
0: <laughs> so,
1: <Okay>. Hi. <laughs> uh, he pooped
0: on the sidewalk. next to, to the hospital. I believe that. Just don't get that on camera. That's just what we're trying not to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. There no. No images. Oh, she can't. All hear me. <laughs> All right.
0: I love you. I love you yeah.
1: <coughs> uh, I don't know where I was going with that exactly, other than uh it's just something I've been thinking about and kind of calibrating it against the things that I say I want or the goals that I also have
0: <laughs> yeah no I, I um i I totally get that and well, and I think what you're trying to say is like does the connection was leaning into like this is what makes you happy, you know, and not beating yourself up about the shit that you know it sounds like you know you carry that you were carrying some kind of guilt for wanting to spend time with your friends making stuff like you felt like maybe you were taking away from that interaction because you wanted to add that piece but then the struggle was that's what you enjoy that's part of reasons why it's enjoying for you to hang out with your friends because you found a group of friends that let you do that you yeah, know and yeah.
1: so <laughs> I thought of that too I started to think about it when you were down here uh, or here oh, I don't know if it's down here but when you were in Minnesota and we were having all that trouble recording the Goonies thing because we we're running out of time to go see the movie we were running out of space in the uh, meeting uh, and the media transferring it and I was all crazed and I'm like oh man I'm sorry dude and you looked at me you just call me you're like it's okay man like I've been doing this with you for 20 years <laughs> it's yeah. alright and I was just like Oh, thanks. I yeah. guess that's true.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's like I'm, I'm just like this is every time I hang out with you. What are you talking about? Like exactly. There's nothing different here. Like
1: it's always chaos. So try to do a little too much. Yeah, and everything uh, documented.
0: I told Ash I was like, Babe, I was like, Dave, I got off that plane and Dave did the most <laughs> Dave thing ever, where he's just like, Hey, my big sweaty 400 plus pound friend. <laughs> Thanks for flying all that way. Let's go do a photo shoot. Yeah. I'm in.
1: Yeah. And now maybe I would. Uh, well, I hadn't thought of that prior.
0: Anyway, I'm just trying to. No, it's but it perfect. Perfect. It was like. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. It was like <laughs> and she's just like, what did you do? I'm like, you just go along with it. Like, what else are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> you go to a photo shoot. Have
1: uh, your pictures. Today, look good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, we'll, the, we'll use the ones that look good. The ones that are in focus and flattering.
0: Lady, come on! See <laughs> C- C- fifteen guys look like me down at the methadone clinic.
1: <laughs>
0: oh my god!
1: Thank you. That was a Bobcat Goldthwait like late eighties yeah. quote. Man, yeah. that warmed my heart. Thank you. <laughs> uh,
0: that's like I, that, that's what, that's like one of the few stand-ups that I've been recommended by you. Like you were like, oh no, you got to watch this. I stand-up. love.
1: I do love that one, Bobcat Goldthwait. Uh, sharing the warmth or something. Oh, shoot. What to talk about a double D when I see him?
0: He you know, does that well. really. It's so weird. Like, stand up comedy in the 80s was so different. Like, it was like in the 80s. I feel like if you could get up there as a stand up comedian, it was like you were like a rock star. Like, we like. I feel like in the two thousands, the the stand up comedy really had a nice revival that's still going on right now, but it's just not that same like arena like Sam Kinnison and Andrew Dice Clay and <coughs> Bobcat Goldthwait is a good example, and uh, Eddie Murphy I think really kicked that off early in the eighties with his with um. Raw and then delirious. Yeah, those are huge, uh, huge, purple <laughs> huge. Red leather in one, and purple leather in the other one. Like, that's right. <laughs> uh, I heard rumor that he, so he is transitioning back into um, making oh, R-rated yeah. stuff, right? And and, and to it, stand up, maybe or no. There were so there's a movie got announced that's going to be on Netflix, uh, where he's like doing the biographical uh, a biopic of the guy that made dolomite um oh
1: that's right yeah i think you told me that when you're out here
0: yeah so that's happening but i heard that they also signed some monumentally large contract for him to do his first r-rated stand-up again like oh nice he's gonna do a comedy special and it's gonna be fucking i it's gonna blow my mind like just like Oh, it'd be like hearing that Richard Pryor was coming back from the grave. From the yeah, <laughs> a deal to like do a stand-up special, you know, like that. Oh man,
1: I hope that yeah, I hope it lives up to it. I I don't think I do. he would like release it. I guess if it doesn't, I, I don't know. Yeah. Or yeah, because he's avoided that stuff for so long now, and yeah. uh, yep. to come back, it does have to be. Yeah, I think it has to be pretty special, but. Which is funny because they call all like comedy hours or half-hour specials, <laughs> but everybody yep. has them. Not everybody, but most, yeah. uh most stand-up comics have them. I'm trying to find the name of the Bobcat one that I love so much.
0: Just uh, but that so here's the. It's hard to turn the ship around. Of course, yeah. Uh, thank you for tying it back to Bobcat Goldthwait. That one is so weird because in the middle of it, he's just like, and uh, I know this is all paraphrased. This isn't what he actually says. He's like. But it's essentially like I know nobody's gonna understand what I'm about to do, and you're and half of you is probably not gonna even like it, but it means a lot to me, and I'm just gonna go do it. And he like runs off stage and then comes back out and plays Bono like like, this an impersonation of Bono doing with or without you. Yeah. And and it's like like not even that funny. (laughs) Like it's
1: it's kind of funny, like if you if you know Bono and and you've seen when that was like eighty seven when that was all over, you know.
0: But it is a legitimate, like it's like yeah. a really good karaoke version of "With or Without You." <laughs> That's right not trying to be funny not like they like put it in black and white so yeah. it looks like rattle and hum that's and like right. yeah all that's <laughs> like it's moving weird. in slow motion <laughs> yeah got a vest on yeah. yeah and i'm just like this is what the fuck is this <laughs> like that. and that's why we watched it because he does the great bono impersonation um but it, i remember that it was just, i'm just like man only in the fucking 80s could you get away with this on a comedy special you know like yeah just like totally ripping off somebody's song in the middle of it like uh,
1: i can't find i'm sure if you look up those that bit you can find the it's not showing up i have a vhs of it so if we take a well i'm sure we'll take a break i'll i'll find it and tell you because it's my favorite i just love the whole thing and that's what you said earlier that sparked it is lady. like the lady like some woman like tells him like you look good in the audience he's like lady come on and he's like I'm, yeah. just, I'm sweating up here like a pig a premature bald and he's like you look good yeah. <laughs> i just love that's so amazing to me i didn't even know you knew that the lady come on and then you knew the other thing man we have known each other a long time yeah. like incredible memory so that helps but oh, lady that's wow thank you for that it's a V. Well, you can find it on YouTube. So we'll we'll add this to our YouTube page of like videos mentioned on the show. I'll tweet it out. Uh, but the special that I really like is called "Is He Like That All the Time?" That has the lady come on the the um
0: Bono impersonation. the Bono thing.
1: Um, but like to see uh, like viewers won't be able or listeners won't be able. But like if you look at the cover for it, he looks like he doesn't even have the crazy hair. It actually says Bob Goldthwaite, not Bob. Ken. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it came out. In 1988, um, which must have been like when he blew up, because also in '88. Oh no, even the year, wow, that's weird. The year before this one, that's called "Share the Warmth." He kind of it looks like it would be the right one, and I bought it. And it has some of the same bits, but it's not the one. It's uh, yeah. is he like that all the time? So you can find that on our Twitter, which is at lwsdpod, and on our YouTube page youtube.com slash long walk short drink yeah <laughs> awesome um, but so enough about that so we haven't um we haven't actually talked since you had been out here in Minnesota there yeah. was a tech exchange in which we were trying to schedule this uh, session in which you mentioned on Monday nights you are in a pinball league
0: I am in a pinball league I we just had week four uh it's uh, uh it's I am a Dayton silver baller.
1: Oh, uh, that sounds amazing on so yeah. many levels.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's are the, the Silver Ballers—that's the name of our league. It's a Papa registered league. So, like, I have a ranking right now with the <laughs> Professional and Amateur Pinball Association. Um, so, I um, we get this really these really nice metrics. Like every week, she puts out our our rankings and. Um, yeah, it's <coughs> super reasonable. It's like $15 for the eight weeks. And that basically just covers the cost of that. You play four games every Monday and how you play determines on who you play with. Cause you, after your, week, after the first week and they start establishing your scores, you get placed every week with people that are relatively in your same player ability so you're not just Mm -hmm. getting blown out every week which is really nice uh wow (coughs) uh so yeah like week one was it was like 50 people of like a really diverse group of people and um all passionate about pinball it was like being in nirvana for me it was Mm -hmm. fantastic uh and I played like shit my first night. I actually played like shit all th- the first three weeks. Uh, last week, though, I got a little better. <laughs> and then, um, last night, I fucking just killed. It was fantastic. Oh, good. <laughs> I, I played great. Um, put up some really, really sizable scores, and, uh, which was awesome. So I'm going to get good points and, uh, Probably will move up. Um, the, this guy that I work with, he's also in the league, uh, which is great. And he started like really high ranked in this like top tier, and I started w- way low. And but we're slowly like moving towards each other in ranking. So I am hoping that by the end of the eight weeks, that we'll be kind of similarly matched. So we'll be playing with each, uh, playing against each other, which would be fun. So it's
1: like you are in uh the All-Valley Tournament for Karate. <laughs> oh, for man.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's awesome. I'm so glad you found that. What a fun thing, man. I was going to ask you how you found out about it or how you got involved, but it sounds like maybe through the coworker or no?
0: No. Um. Well, so he started like three months ago, three or four months ago, and uh, he just heard me talking about pinball and then kind of spiraled from there. <laughs> so he's relatively new but he is all in uh and in, in into the hobby for sure. Nice. Um he's like I've always wanted to have a pinball machine and then he found out I had some so that he came over and played and then um I a- I actually found out about the league uh, through um we were at a restaurant and I was talk somebody asked about my pinball machines And I was talking about them. And our waitress, uh, which is funny, who had been kind of aloof up to that point with our table, Mm -hmm. uh, she heard me say pinball and was like, you have pinball machines? And I told her, yeah. And she's like, oh, my gosh, you have to join the pinball. That's how I found out about it. And I told him about it. And then he followed up and found out how to sign up for it. And so (laughs) it was this big spiral. And that girl's in the league, so we saw her, and I was like, you're the reason that I'm in the league, and he's in the league. Wow. She's like, oh, that's so awesome. So uh, she she was there, and I met a couple really awesome uh, older guys who are old schoolers, old school pitballers. Just really awesome. Uh, And... I have refound my passion for working on my machines. I've spent the last couple weekends really like just really going through. I have, (coughs) Oh, I'm sorry. This cold. Um, I have, there are two pinball machines that were made under this one style called pinball 2000. Mm-hmm. And they have kind of a reputation for being the pinball machines that "quote unquote" pin- killed pinball in the '90s. Like the '90s was this like boom of pin- pinball, and they were the last two machines that were made by uh, Williams slash Bally, and th- they shut the pinball division down in the middle of production. So only these two titles got made on this form factor. It's a really unique style of pinball machine where there's a computer monitor like an arcade monitor that faces down on the glass and it creates a hologram Hmm. like the glass is like two-way mirrored Mm -hmm. so you can see the pinball play field but right underneath where the monitor is is kind of like this mirrored surface that reflects the video image to you the player but the holograms look like they're on the pinball play field and so it oh. um you use the ball to interact with these holograms it's really fucking awesome <laughs>
1: that's great
0: <coughs> and i have in my trading and and buying and i have both of them in my collection i uh one of them is star wars episode one and the other one is revenge from mars so it's the sequel to that attack from mars the one with the alien on top yeah, of it. yeah we played a yeah, right? tilt yeah so the sequel to that is revenge for mars which happens to be one of these pinball 2000 oh cool so both of them had just a ton of stuff that needed done to them like little stuff that all added up like each task was very small but it, they ate up two weekends worth of my time mm-hmm. like to do all the stuff that needed done to them but now they're like rock solid and pretty much bulletproof they'll probably last for another 20 years and look awesome that whole time i mean they'll need regular maintenance like any other pinball machine does but the they will survive that maintenance for probably another 20 years wow so um which is awesome so i have like the set of these like quote unquote like pinball killers right Uh, (laughs) like they have there's a uh, the guy that I work with and I watched. They have their own documentary that happens to be called "Tilt: The Battle oh, oh, to sweet. Save Pinball." Uh, Battle
1: to save pinball. Okay.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's just about the whole rise, rise and then fall of Bally slash Williams in their pinball division, and uh, how they put everything on these t- the this design of this machine, and pulled the plug in the mid- like it was a successful production they that was the other thing too but they had already made their mind up that it was a dying thing and so they can the whole division hmm. <coughs> so oh sorry about that cough
1: maybe, well, that's all right. maybe it's
0: because i'm parched yeah Let's, oh yeah uh, yeah you want to open something up here that's yeah what do you what do you got there uh i have this is that uh neapolitan milk stout oh right that tastes like uh it tastes like melted neapolitan ice cream that sounds like it's a so, good thing it's so good
1: i found some um like the surly furious that i that i like is usually pints and four oh, packs nice. and so i you know i try to control my <laughs> intake by controlling what's available so i got some 12 i found some like 12 ounce cans which are kind awesome or rare i found like three of them so i can't get too fucked up <laughs> good deal <laughs>
0: yeah all well, right. let's crack this open on three. Yeah. And three. Ooh. Awesome.
1: Maybe pre- step into a king corner.
0: Honey, come on over here, sugar buns. This machine just called me an asshole.
1: So interestingly enough, uh, one of the things that I we haven't talked about since I um, came across it in my chronology, uh, as a silver baller, uh, we'll transition to Silver Bullet, <laughs> perhaps. Oh, yeah. Um. So uh, I read Cycle of the Werewolf, and then the, the film adaptation of that being Silver Bullet. Um, well, I I think maybe... I'll I'll tell you some things we can talk about and then we can kind of prioritize cuz I think it's entirely too much but <laughs> but that's that's among okay. them um uh I finished the book and saw the film Christine. Uh I had seen the film before to be fair but this time I I finished it on the day it was playing the film was playing at the Alamo Draft House so I saw it on the big screen oh, wow. which was yeah. great. And then of course the new It came out <laughs> uh the sequel we haven't yeah. talked
0: about. Yep,
1: let's talk about that first. I know the silver bullet is a fun transition, but uh, <laughs> for me, but oh uh,
0: no, and it'll be a good. That'll be a that one's always going to be fun because Busey. So exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, oh yeah, because uh, yeah, indeed. But so yeah,
1: so yeah, and and actually, I found this um this checklist.
0: Uh, Steve, he also had another. He had his birthday just happened recently. Oh really? How old is he now? 72 i think like some ridiculous that's the same age as my
1: father-in-law was just here. yeah i accidentally called him 75 he's very Maybe. relatively active and then so i was like oh yeah and i have this friend who's 40 years older than me out here he's 80 right now so i thought my father-in-law was 75 and he's like i'm only 72
0: oh, like, i nailed ah, it 72, 72. yeah uh, so S- right. september 21st was his birthday that just happened he also had the institute came out uh this past month, uh, which I believe is the, I I believe is a loose sequel to Firestarter. Really?
1: Um, yeah, that interests me, because I'm just in that mid 80s. So I found this checklist. <laughs> it, uh, I'll tweet out the link, but it's like it's a kind of a complicated link. But it's basically just like an interactive Stephen King checklist. You can that has his books in chronological order, including the Bachman books, and you oh, can check them yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I have and. F- I have read 19 out of his 75 books, according to this thing. Yeah, send me that
0: thing. Oh, send yeah. Send me that thing. Here. Um, I... here we go. Oh, nice. But you, uh, you've
1: you done uh, all of
0: these, though, right? I should <laughs> have. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, look at the Dark Tower. Yeah, it breaks it down. Uh, and I So as I'm looking at it, like, once I've got them all checked off until I get to the Dark Tower 1, and then I have them all checked off to Cycle of the Werewolf... Because I was trying to decide what I wanted to do next. And then it, after Cycle of the Werewolf, it skips a few because I skipped ahead to it to so that I could see the movie a few a couple of years ago. Um, I just wanted to see where I was at. And uh, yeah, so this is a fun little checklist
0: for Stephen King completists. Or- uh, no, that's awesome. I can't wait to dive into that a little bit. Yeah, um,
1: but but so let's let's talk it. So I mean, they ju- I mean for people who don't know or whatever, uh, living under a rock.
0: <laughs> um, the, yeah, I I the don't know how you could thing. not know <laughs> it. It has um, it has per- permeated our like, the pop culture that you can't turn anywhere without seeing that Pennywise image. So right, like yeah. The, yeah, those red lines, like the smile that goes up into his eyes, you know. Yes. Like, like, yeah.
1: Oh, and there's uh, the new. Uh, there's a new paperback with that image yeah. floating in white, and I took yeah. a picture of it because the the three short pull quotes on the back are glorious. One is from the Los Angeles Times, it says it will overwhelm you. Character so real, you feel you are reading about yourself. Scenes read to only be read in a well lit room. Second one from the Chicago Times says a great book, a long, a landmark of American literature. And finally from the Los Angeles Herald Examiner, the Moby Dick of horror novels.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um
1: but yeah, that image is everywhere. I have um I got this this is for you to see, I guess, not cuz we don't have video, but I got this like Stephen uh, King. You know, they have them on, the, on in the grocery stores. And it's yeah. like, it's, I don't want to say how much it is, but it's more than it should be. Um, but it's like a collection of articles from Entertainment Weekly and else, and a lot of photos like of him on the back of this motorcycle. Oh, cycle. that's so
0: awesome! <laughs> but yeah, it's got
1: Pennywise on the front, and uh, and yeah, so it's the second part slash sequel to the 2017 um, adaptation. And in my,
0: in my opinion, having gone through the better part of his collection of books. I do not think his writing is any better than in that, but in, in critics will even say like that's his, the peak of his writing ability, like his best, the best showcase of his talent. Nice. And oh, I, yeah. I, I, I agree with that. It is. It's a favorite of mine for sure. Flawless storytelling and, and just in rapture. It just, it's so good. And all of that is true. I didn't even grow up in the fifties or early sixties. And like, But when you hear them talking about being kids, he nails it, just nails it. Yeah, Uh,
1: that's really timeless, that whole kid thing.
0: Uh, Yeah. Well, and and the proof is this adaptation because they moved it up into the 80s and it still covered all the same big, all the same big pieces were there. The rock fight and all that stuff is timeless, you know? Yeah, and and
1: it didn't, I don't know, like the world hadn't changed enough up until that point, from yeah. like updating it from the fifties, you know, it's like the internet wasn't a thing, and you know, cell phones weren't there, so it's like the world was yeah. similar enough that they didn't have to change any of the beats um, for to update it to nineteen eighty nine, which so is what I, the two thousand seventeen covered, like the kids in nineteen eighty nine. And then, I will
0: just preface this before we start getting into the movies because I know we're we're trying to get in there, but I will just preface though if because I, I had uh stan the man was like hey can you do you have 15 minutes to talk stephen king with my daughter
1: <laughs> with his daughter
0: yeah Interesting. high school age daughter yeah uh, even so yeah um who had attention. gone with her friends to go see it chapter two and uh at first i was like because i'm thinking of her being you know this big but she's a she's a high schooler mm-hmm. the, the, that's the like top demographic that they're trying to get in movie theater seats, right? Are those oh, yeah. high schooler kids, yeah. right? So of course she's going to go see it. But the the part that and this is my PSA is like don't spoil the if you've only seen the movie, like do yourself a favor and go consume the book in some yes. way because yes. it's so good. Don't get on Wikipedia to try to answer questions and then spoil everything that the book because she knew everything about the book like all the worst pieces of the book there's a part of the book that will is unfilmable yeah
1: we should talk about it i I, we're gonna because it's gonna come up we don't have to talk about yeah
0: but yeah um
1: we did a whole episode on it Uh, i can't remember the number i'll find out but This would be our sequel to that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which we definitely get into that and other things. But so, Um, just so I understand, he had you talk to her before she went to the movie or
0: after? No, she just had a bunch of questions like, what does this mean? And what does this mean? And what does that mean? And all I, the answer I kept going back to was like, just go get the book. Like, go read the book. And they talk about that more in the book. Who who is Pennywise and how has he been there that long and where does his magic come from? Go get the book. And you're not going to get straight answers on any of that, just so you know. (laughs) You don't want them, really, I don't think. No, I (laughs) think that's part of it. it. And I think that's one of the messages that Stephen King is continually trying to, like, with lack of a better term, beat into our head as readers of his work is that it's not about the answers. It's not about the, and I think this is what inspires, you know, because some of our favorite people from the early 2000s were definitely like J.J. Abrams and David Lindelof and, and uh, a lot of the people associated with Lost were kind of like obsessed with Stephen King.
1: Even the the Star Wars, like the Force, once you start breaking down what the Force is in midichlorians, it ruins it.
0: Yeah. Mystery is important. Uh, uh, That mystery is important. And and so it's about the journey. It's not about the destination. It's not about the answers. And so you're not going to get a straight answer on probably a lot of the questions like that that you might have. But do yourself a favor that if the movie is the only way that you know the story and you enjoy it, do yourself a favor and i would go even one step further and say even if you're not an audiobook fan there's a good one get, this is the the one to like Make if you can't get if you can't get pulled into steven weber's reading of it then you're not then you're right you're not an audiobook person <laughs> but, I, but i can't imagine anybody not being into he he reads it so well with such passion and really turns it into a, a, a an audio drama versus just him reading the book.
1: What is our Audible? Our Audible is slash LWSD, right?
0: AudibleTrial.com slash LWSD. Yeah, um,
1: you can listen to it. Uh, on for us. free yeah. <laughs> on us yeah
0: like uh, uh, sign up for your free audible trial and you get an audiobook on us that's, that's how a, i actually listened yeah. to that version of it was, is it oh that's awesome yeah yeah you're, so you're the uh, one <laughs> yep. and
1: you listening can be the second yeah <laughs> yeah it's and it's a big motherfucker of a book right like when i picked up the the paperback it's huge I don't yeah know how many it's hours a giant
0: book and that spans multiple decades and does a great job of jumping between those timelines um yeah
1: i, I love that idea that that they're creating an intercut version i re- that just would basically probably follow the structure of the book from yeah. the two films
0: well um, and i think there's more that he filmed that didn't end up like i think it would be a director's cut on top of it being this super cut wow like uh, um
1: i am so on board for that andy do you know how to say his name like no. Andy Musch- Muschietti? I don't know. Muschietti. But he's... Muschietti. Uh, he's a name I hadn't heard before, but I need to learn because he's done such he great a, work with these.
0: Yeah, he did a, just a fantastic job. He, um, He did another big horror movie, I think. Oh, I got it up here. I'm
1: sorry, I keep jumping in, but you were talking about, you know, talking to uh, the Stan the Man's daughter about all
0: oh of yeah but she was just asking those kind of, and I, I and i mean she wants to know like where who, what pennywise is you know and it's like all right well so my response to that would like of course any question any good question is answered with another question so <laughs> yeah. uh i i was like okay um you want to know who what pennywise is and where he comes from do you know who hp lovecraft is and she's like, no. So then it's like, okay, well, now this talk is going to be about H.P. Lovecraft and not about <laughs> Stephen King. Interesting. Uh, if you want to know who, who, what Pennywise is, so H.P. Lovecraft was obsessed with this concept of what he called the Great Old Ones, hmm. who was this like interdimensional race of super beings who look on us like we're insignificant, like at, like we look on ants. And sometimes like these creatures are so alien to us but they're not necessarily aliens they are literally from another dimension who kind of put our dimension into work and we're kind of like the puppets to them you know like again like they they were this thing that just like gets kicked down the road by them that that they don't really care about because they're these interdimensional super beings right And, um, one of his stories, I think it's called in the mouth of madness is about a man who just briefly is able to glimpse that dimension and it drives him mad because it's so outside of our comprehension and understanding. And so, uh, Stephen King is a huge HP Lovecraft fan. So that idea of the great old ones is something that he kind of has embraced and brought in, and that's it. It is rumored because you, you nobody has a straight answer, but the leading fan theory is that Pennywise was one of these great old ones that kind of oh. got thrown into our dimension, uh, like when Earth was created in the like, or when our universe was created in the Big Bang. It like Pennywise is one of those creatures that kind of like landed here on earth. And because he is this like otherworldly creature, the normal environmental stuff really wasn't enough to take him out. So he kind of like hibernated for millions of years until there was like, cause they imply that in the book and a little bit in this movie, how he's kind of been here forever. Right. Mm-hmm. And it took, um, man getting into the, that, area for him to finally find food because he kind of lives on the the psychic emotion as much as he does the meat like the meat yeah. feeds the physical portion of him but really he really is being fed by the, the like psychic energy that that's why he kills children because it's easier to scare children yeah
1: and, feeds off their and,
0: fear. and then feeds off their fear so,
1: but it seems like a general evil too, like in Derry. Oh like it, yeah, and T- Stephen King talks about it as like a haunted town.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and 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 it's implied that it is this, the result of Pennywise just literally being in the roots of the town. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, so yeah, so I took her through like H.P. Lovecraft, and then she was like, well. And I know about the the kid orgy, and I'm like, ah, oh, oh. it, it's so, so like. And how old is she?
1: she? She's a <laughs> she's teenager. A, she's high a,
0: freshman, a freshman. Freshman. So she's like four, oh. like like fifteen, fourteen, Which is, fifteen, sixteen. That's like yeah. the
1: age of the kids. Like a little. No, bit they're younger than that. Yeah, they're yeah. younger
0: than that. Like, uh, oh, it's a, And I'm like, uh, you know that it, you're really way ahead of yourself with this book, and like, it's unfortunate that that. That scene is in that book because yeah. it's so perfect otherwise, but it yeah. is like this icky sticking point. And, uh, and I was like, and it's really one of those things that it's like, you just can't judge the whole rest of the book. If that's the first thing that you know about it going into it, it's going to be hard like how would you not read it now wondering like oh is this when the kid orgy's going to happen is it oh, now is yeah. it now? you know like i
1: knew there was something awful coming or something that you didn't like that Stan the man didn't like like cuz cuz i broke my chronology in the stephen king like what he wrote and how it came when it came out to to consume it so that i could see the movie in theaters and stuff and that really hurt my crazy but it was worth it <laughs> yeah um but I didn't know what that horrible thing was going to be. And I i don't think I ever could have guessed that it would have been that, you know, like I thought it would be something like especially horrific, you know, or something. And it turned out to just be this really like unfortunate <laughs> story turn.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is horrific I, I in mean, its own way. but And, and there is like there is a character who kills his baby brother in that, in that book that like all that goes into detail who also like lets puppies like, uh, does awful things inside a refrigerator and lets animals like kind of starve to death in that thing. And all that stuff's really hard to stomach. But all of that aside, it's like, Oh, this one thing though, it's like everything else that's horrific. That's the piece that, and even stephen king himself says i it's i it always amazes me how all anybody wants to talk about are those is that sex scene at the end <laughs> but nobody cares about all the kids that are killed brutally and like ruthlessly preceding that in the book yeah uh which is it's true uh
1: i don't know so i don't want to cuz he's got kids fucking and he's got kids yeah. like all it's so disturbing. <laughs> it's so disturbing that it's indefensible. It, do you, yeah, it, Do you think that that's what sorry to jump around, but no, that's okay. Uh, do you think that that is the allusion to when they everyone in the in the new movie in the chapter two it where they keep talking about um is it uh, bill Bill becomes the author, right? Yeah uh, yeah so Bill Dembro as the horror author and everyone's like, ah. Oh, I love your, you know, your work, but the ending.
0: <laughs> oh well, so I don't Stephen remember that from King, the book. Is that in Stephen, the Stephen? No, no, that it, it definitely is a rub, a, a nod to Stephen King. I think he predominantly is kind of ribbed for his endings.
1: Oh, anyways. in general, oh, in general, okay.
0: yeah. Um, and, and that's like the piece that people, and he even admits that's like the hardest. Sometimes that's the hardest part for him to write is the ending. So. He gets ribbed for that, but I think that this is a direct more uh, like, and I didn't even piece that together. Probably a more direct route of like, and I can even think maybe the director Andy Muccetti because he uh, he also wrote. I think no, he did not. I, I write thought so too, but
1: I guess that uh, and actually I'm looking at the so Chase Palmer, I, wait, wait,
0: maybe I'm looking at a different thing. Writers, Gary Dauberman. Well, I'm and, looking at 17. Oh, screen. Sorry, I, I'm trying to get... Oh, to okay. The, the, um, cool. but, uh. So, I could see, though, him probably dealing with a little bit of that while he was making this. Like, where I could see him feeling the pressure. Or maybe his writers even put it in. Feeling that pressure of, like, we're going to shoot this tomorrow. Like... We're obviously not having the kid orgy. Like, what are you, like, <laughs> yeah. give me the ending. Like, what's, what are you, how are you going to wrap this up if we don't have the kid orgy? Cause we can't do that. <laughs> you don't need it. You could just, yeah. feel it
1: like in the TV movie from 1990 and this, like, you just take it out, everything's fine. <laughs>
0: like, everything's <there's... laughs> fine. Like, <laughs> like, why can't you just have, so, the point of it and we talk about this a lot and i don't i hate a, giving so epi- much lip service it's to this episode 33
1: is where we talk about the uh, all of the things it
0: the, i just can't i i can't we can't give it all the lip service like we did the last time
1: no no all that's there we can just talk about but
0: stuff. the 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 whole purpose of it is to show like their connection is falling apart after they defeat pennywise the first time and they're going to die in the sewers and get lost and they need to be just as connected as they were going into the fight to survive it. Mm-hmm. It's like the last bastion of like Pennywise's powers is going to like still... It's like the, the cost of them defeating him. And Bev, whose whole fear is becoming a woman, that's... Why he can only take the form of blood around her because mm. uh, she's worried about getting her period mm-hmm. uh, decides the the best way and the only way that they can all reconnect is if each one of them has sex with her. It's just the, fucked up. The chasing I, Amy
1: ending. We all have to ask yeah,
0: together. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and no and then none of them want to do it. Like nobody wants to do it because they're children. Because they're children. <laughs> oh man. And they do, and it magically works, and they're all connected again because uh, they're all Eskimo brothers. Oh. Uh, uh, and.
1: No. Ah. Uh. I don't know yeah. really what it says about me and my sexual hangups that it, that disturbs me so much as a thing in general. But I feel like once you translate
0: that thing to kids, it's universally fucked up. <laughs> like it's not it's, No, it's fucked up, man. There's no way like you like you said, it's indefensible. And, and thank uh, God the
1: movie doesn't include it. <laughs> yes.
0: And I after I did such a big push to listen to the book, now I'm just like, oh, except for this, know, like yeah, but I, I
1: yeah it it happens in the book. I don't feel like it lasts for very long. It is not what sticks with you about the book. It's like a footnote in like, eh, I wish this hadn't hadn't happened. And we we're talking about story it story.
0: again for now twenty minutes. But uh, then you add the yeah.
1: layer of fucked upness that you had to talk about it with a high school student. Yeah, and, and, then, it gets all and, and then
0: say and try to defend, it like try to make a case of why you should still listen to the book. Yeah, that's in there, but you should still get oh, this book gosh, you know yeah. like
1: i mean so there's the book there's the original book that came out in 1986 uh
0: i think that's right yeah
1: which is glorious i I read those review things and whatever reviewers be damned but like ever it's a very well regarded book by all sorts of audiences for yeah. very good reason so the to read it on the page is wonderful the audiobook by steven weber is a tour de force that i can't say enough good things about like yeah. I, I, came to it recently, you know, and that, uh, um, then there's the TV movie, which is from 1990 and does feel somewhat dated. With Tim Curry as, as Pennywise the clown,
0: and like, but that performance is worth it. Like his performance I, yeah, as Pennywise, I think. I, is I
1: didn't see worth that until I was an adult and had read the book, and uh, I think even probably seen part one, chapter one of the uh, the new adaptation, and i i I thoroughly enjoyed it honestly and it's and it's weird to me in some ways that that nineteen ninety t v movie was able to somehow fit in things from the book, even like not just like the way that they handled it but like altogether different and more things from the book <laughs> than the two movies combined like so that yeah. kind of is its own thing that i i would say is worthwhile if you know if you, if i i think you're that was a much
0: more it. i think the tv mini series was a much more faithful adaptation of the book yeah i guess um, so yeah uh cuz it it aside from the kid sex scene which uh, also uh, wisely yeah. left out <laughs> yeah
1: and now um, these new pair of movies—they're like their own. So, like each of those things is very worthwhile in its own right. If you are into the story, like they all yeah. add dimension to yeah. it and
0: bring out various elements. And and then and then this one—it chapter one and chapter two—and ultimately, I'm hoping that this was successful enough. The one article I read about this supercut that he wants to make—that mm. uh, article was like you know, but Quentin Tarantino wanted to make um what's the kill bill oh the, it, whole the, whole bloody, yeah, like the whole bloody the affair yeah the whole bloody affair like that article called that out they were like we were supposed to get the whole bloody affair from Tarantino and only japan got that um so i i, I hope we get to see that supercut because oh, it, oh, it would be so good uh <laughs> well,
1: and this is like one of the more successful king adaptations or even horror movies of all time right like the the part one
0: yeah that might
1: go a long way toward (laughs) that whole thing
0: (laughs) all right so let's talk about chapter two and then we'll talk about more king stuff
1: yes yes so you first texted you you reiterated it earlier but i'm not sure if that'll make it into like the cutting in and out so you texted you saw it like not opening day or did you early bird opening day
0: um the no the next day set the saturday it opened on like that thursday night or friday or whatever right so yeah. i saw it that pre that following saturday okay uh, right uh, uh, on the first show and there was like me and like a couple couples i was by myself because nobody you know everybody around me is chicken shit and uh literally
1: everyone around you is just yeah, afraid to go yeah yeah <laughs> oh man yeah I gotta say, like it doesn't. I don't find it frightening. Like uh, sometimes that's startling. Uh, the book was sc- the book was
0: scarier funny. for me than the either of these movies. Like there's it, the worst scares are jump scares. Yeah, it, it, you which know, I don't. Uh, I don't love. I don't I'll jump, but and yeah. I jump at those too. It's all right. The book <laughs> filled me with genuine terror. Like the when I'm when I was going through the book, like it's that is actual scary to me. Way scarier than either of these movies were. But they're so fucking good. Um, But it was me, a couple couples, and then this family shows up. And they had like seven kids with them. All ranging in ages of like way too young to fucking be there to high school age. (laughs) And uh, I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? And then this row of college kids behind me.
1: Uh, I think there's more people there for yours than ours. I don't know if there's we saw it like yeah but you later, saw it. yeah and um i don't remember what day like an after it's similar like early morning afternoon saturday thing but i think it, yeah. by that point the the hardcore audience was not there for that time slot so like there might have only been two other people in the oh wow <laughs> the theater. that's awesome so i'm glad that there were more for you because I yeah. feel like that would uh
0: and, well and i got to uh they the theater that's close to uh, us that I really like to go to has an IMAX screen and they usually have good shit on that IMAX, like whatever's big at that moment on the IMAX screen, even if it wasn't shot on IMAX. Oh, so it was on the IMAX screen. So I got to see it on this big, beautiful screen, which will hopefully that's where we will see star Wars. Uh, um,
1: Oh, nice. You hear that Twinkie?
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, uh,
1: we got to see ours as a, they call it a monster screen at the theater. They don't have an IMAX. And okay. yeah, probably similarly, I've seen, I don't know, maybe one other movie that I couldn't name. And that was a nice perk to this. Yeah. Plus to see a monster movie on a monster screen, which is like a... <laughs> oh, <laughs> anyway.
0: no, that's very nice. <laughs> so, uh, and it was, um, yeah, so I, I sent that and I watched it and uh, it's three hours long. That's another oh, like right. I kind of weird forgot. like yeah. horror movie a thing for a horror movie to be so long uh did not feel like 3 hours to me.
1: Not to me either. Not at all. I guess it did to the bride um a little bit. She's she's pretty sensitive to that kind of thing. She's like, "Oh, this is dragging here for any movie." Um Yeah. Yeah. I don't for some reason I don't get caught up in that. I think for me most times in movies I really get caught up in characters and I'm happy, like, just to hang out with them. <laughs> like, if I'm yep. enjoying the movie, yep. I'm not troubled by pacing issues. I'm just, like, on, in there for the ride. So it did not feel long to me at all. Not yeah. at all. <laughs>
0: like, and this is a great one. I love that that comparison of, like, it feels like you're hanging out with the characters. I felt both of these were great for that. Like, the first one was, like, it totally nailed that, like, 80s kid adventure movie, which is, a, yeah. you know, I have a soft spot for in my heart. Me too, yeah. <laughs> and uh, this... This with the grown up one was this beautiful ensemble cast of like really great actors, and so who felt like friends, like they, yeah, they totally nailed it. So it was really easy to just like quote unquote hang out with them, you know. And I told Ash afterwards, I was like, they did such a good job of pairing the adults to match those kids that I thought the guy that played grown up Ben like that he could have been oh, his father that
1: was insane How like like, was.
0: <laughs> like he could have been his father like they were they looked he looked like that chubby kid grown up yeah like, and like all oh, turned into a GQ a model yeah, yeah right. like turned <laughs> into a GQ model like all those kids like they look like they're grown-ups like it's so weird yeah the they, Eddie Kasprick guy like was excellent too yep Uh, and he nailed that kid's character like because that's the other thing i could think i i would have to think as a um as an uh, adult actor to be told okay we need you to play these kids so you have to step into a character that Mm -hmm. was literally uh uh, the foundation was made literally by a child yeah (laughs) uh and that guy did it like him and bill hader had oh, that same so energy. Fuck. Oh, that was I, I, my. F- he was the highlight of the movie for me. Yeah, I like a- that. Guy absolutely, anyway, but Jesus, yeah. he nailed it and uh, really, really did a great job of. I don't know. He brought something to that, and then that. So that was a deviation from the book, um, which we should say spoilers. Yeah, uh, and we're,
1: I, I, I'm a lot of times I like to try to contextualize it. So this could be anyone's first, but like fuck it like I don't we're gonna yeah. explain the plot so like if, if you if you need some background on it we'll give you everything you need in our context yeah. in episode 33 uh, and we'll talk about the whole book the TV miniseries the first movie yeah. but here we're just talking about
0: part 2 so so that was a, a that, that was a deviation from the book that the book didn't really touch on but you find out in this that part of the reason why that chemistry was so good was because there's some repressed feelings. Right? I did
1: not get that. I did not get that till we were leaving the theater.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm so really? fucking dense.
1: Yeah, I didn't get it. Even I with did him, not, like
0: with the I heart know. on
1: kissing bridge, you didn't trying, get that. But I couldn't remember like what that was or what Richie was doing there. So, the, um, um, but that was so, a really nice touch. Once yeah. I realized that, I thought it was so cool too because like if you are a hardcore fan of the book, um, or or even just a more I wouldn't call myself a casual fan, but I only read it the once. I listened to the once, whatever. But um, it felt the same. So sometimes for me, like to introduce a romantic, like in television shows where like these characters are friends and suddenly they're, um, I'm thinking of specifically like Walking Dead, <laughs> uh, which I don't want to spoil for you. Anyway, there's a coupling that happens that at first I was like, ah. Uh, I don't like that because, like, I liked the idea that they were like comrades and warriors together, and right, like, I right. just it didn't make sense to me. Yeah, but, uh, and I think changed the dynamic. Eventually, I f- fell in line. But so I love the fact that this Richie um, Eddie relationship, like romantic relationship, or unresolved, or one sided, whatever it may have been, like I love that that exists in this movie without disrupting the dynam- dynamic at all that you know. Like, it only kind of enhances yeah. it a little bit if you're smart and not dumb like me to catch it.
0: <laughs> well, it and so it wasn't hinted on at all when it was just the kids, like in chapter yeah. one, yeah. which I think would have got all kinds of flack if he would have tried to make any of those implications without there being the adult piece yeah. to actually solidify it, right? Yeah. This is the other reason why I think Chapter two is a great movie. Is there, he was smart and shot a bunch. They he had to have shot all the kids' stuff when he shot chapter one. That's because what I thought
1: too. And then the, the bride was like, she's like, that's Princess Leia in uh Rogue One level of like digital manipulation to like the kids being older. I was like, no, because no. I didn't notice anything. I thought the same thing. I was like, "No, hey, has I, think film the, this I think I think he
0: shot. I think he shot all that stuff. Yeah, just while he shot episode or chapter one. That's what I thought too. So I uh, because they were not film. aged at all. Have you seen Finn Wolfhard? Like, oh, yeah. In oh, the, in the I have prim- seen All of Stranger he's Things not-
1: Three, by the way, which could be a whole another. Oh deal. <laughs> yeah, jeez. But yeah, yeah he's but he's so much older in
0: that. He, yeah. So like, there was a lot of stuff that he did a lot of press with bill Hader, like when chapter two came out uh there's some youtube stuff there's a great one where like finn wolfhard so like bill Hader's whole thing on the press junket he kept telling the story over and over again is like like they were like so how'd you get roped into it chapter two and he's like well i you know i only got it because finn wolfhard like i like somebody sent me some interview with him after chapter one came out and they were like who would you want to play you as a grown-up and he said Bill Hader. And I'm like, really? oh, that's really flattering. Oh, that's cool. And then like three weeks later, my agent's calling me. And they're like, so they're thinking about calling you in for It Chapter Two. And he's like, this Finn Wolfhard kid's got fucking, like, he's got clout in Hollywood. <laughs> like, that's his big joke. And he tells yeah. it on like every talk show that he was on. But then there's a YouTube video where Finn Wolfhard and Bill Hader kind of interview each other. And like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Finn Wolfhard looks like a 17 year old and in it chapter two, he still looked like yeah, you know, a 12 yeah. year old. So I totally think that he just shot that shit.
1: I, I think so too. I, chapter I hope so. One. It, or he must, if not during the actual shoot, like immediately thereafter when they, yeah, like, when they knew the it was successful
0: enough, like that, he had something in their contract to be able to pull them right back. But yeah, because they, they just looked the same.
1: Yeah, which is great. It's really great. And <laughs> we'll go all the further, like, when, when all... Hopefully, it's wrapped into one epic Yeah, story. big super <laughs> cut,
0: right? Oh, man. So... um, The
1: transitions, too. Sorry, I don't have notes for this. I have notes for No, it, that's everything. okay. But, like, the transitions caught my attention, like, in terms of, like, how they moved from person to person at the beginning. Like, there was something where, like... I think, it, like, they, they were creative in... in in sort of satisfying ways to where you didn't know sometimes what you're looking at and then you realize you were transitioning to another character yeah. that mike was calling so like i don't remember was it was stanley probably because yeah it, it moved up to the like puzzle pieces in the sky i think and yeah. it turned out you were like looking the camera was looking up like it planned panned up to the night sky in one shot and then it transitioned and subtly into like looking up through a coffee table as Stanley Urs was like yeah. putting together uh puzzle pieces before he decided not to join the rest of the group
0: <laughs> um which I, I and i thought i know that there's something similar that happens in the book but i really love how um in the end they really justify like his his letter really justifies his actions yeah yeah um in a way like that was stanley so here's why i think this was all masterful stanley committing suicide was the kid orgy like like they, Ooh, that's how they justified oh, them i see he he's like the only way i knew you guys would be strong enough to do this is if you had a a, a reason to do it and yeah. so i oh. being the like weakest link i took myself off the board and so, he did it as a sacrifice to bring them as a as a like catalyst to bring them yeah. all together.
1: Oh, that's that's Which, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> that's very like like masterful, yeah. right? Like just did again. you hear that somewhere
1: else? You come up with that on your own? No, I
0: came up with that on oh my own. Like that, no, but he <laughs> like you. So you see, he gets Bill Denbro gets the letter right, like yeah. it's, and you see the flashback of Stanley Uris before he goes in the bathtub because mm-hmm. in the book he just like. Hangs up the phone and goes into the bathroom and commits yeah, suicide. Yeah, yeah. And in this, it's implied like he got that call and he made this conscious decision. Like he's like, "This is this needs to happen. This is what the universe is telling me. I need to do to mm-hmm. be supportive for my friends." And so then he writes six, because seven's a powerful number. He was uh-huh. the seventh one. Yeah. He writes six suicide notes, basically because Mike calls him and he's like did you get your mail today and he's like oh no i didn't cuz Mike had already and he was holding his letter from Stanley he's like yeah he's like you, you know you should check your mail and then the letters there and then Bill gets to read it and that Stanley lays that all out he's like i knew that this needed to like you guys needed as much hope or something like that of success and and so you needed a way and i would have been a weak link so i just took myself off the off the board Mm -hmm. and it's this implication like he knew that that sacrifice would help give them power yeah and
1: oh that's beautiful
0: so uh, in my opinion that was the that was a way because i always felt that In the book and the '90s miniseries, you really felt like Stanley was this forgotten character because he didn't have an adult presence, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: other than this guy committing suicide. Like that's the I remember that being the opening scene for the um, for the '90s miniseries was because he scrawls it in blood, right? Like on the yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and so like that's, that's your introduction to Stanley Uris in the mini series and in the book when they go through all the adult characters, like he commits suicide, like almost instant, instantly, like he gets yeah. up and hangs up the phone and goes and commits suicide. And so it, it it's just, I think King, there might be allusions to that being a, a a catalyst to bring them together, but not really. It's always like he did it because he was the weak one. Like he was the one that was always afraid, like the most afraid. Right. Yeah. And well,
1: I like how they did the Eddie stuff too, to where like he would often, or, or, or on a, like Eddie would kind of remaining, Eddie would be the kind of weaker one and he would beat himself up about it and he would be like, I can't go because I can't help you. Yeah. And I love that thing with Richie where he's like, who's the guy that like, you know destroyed of whatever giant clown it's like you have he's like you're braver than you think it was like I don't know I like that too but but if you if you're just like juxtaposing Eddie then as the, the weak one who's stronger than he thinks he is then then um, and Stanley yeah perhaps couldn't have made it yeah <laughs> it wisely, exactly
0: so. uh, and definitely not the Stanley from the book or the 90s miniseries but mm-hmm. the, like I feel like he really did a because you also have the scene with Stanley as a kid at his bar mitzvah.
1: Yeah. Like, which was a deleted scene. I looked at the, the blu-ray for, I didn't rewatch the movie from 17 yet, but I did look at the blu-ray and the deleted scene. And that is definitely from that (coughs) same day. And like, he stands up for himself.
0: Yeah. And he stands up for himself and he like, yeah. And, and it gives this strength to the Stanley character. Like he's not just like, he's a storytelling pawn in the, in the, you know in the book in the 90s miniseries and in this i really felt like they gave that character some justification some like yeah some reason for his actions and some again a a masterful stroke because it muddies this idea of well then is it like straight suicide was he weak if he knew he was if he knew this is what it took Maybe that was the strongest decision he could have made, you know, like.
1: Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love so, this theory, too, about it taking the place of the dramatic element of them needing to reunify and, yeah. and bypassing the uh, sex scene for it. Uh, how did yeah. you How did you feel about, so, so we talked about some of the casting. I have to admit, I have a bit of a bias against James McAvoy and Jessica Chastain just as actors. Me too. I don't like them. <laughs> like, I'm not well, compelled by them. Yeah, I don't generally like them. I, I liked him, McAvoy, I guess, more in this than her. I I would so love to have seen Amy Adams as adult Beverly. I thought I think I, that, I think that would have been. Stronger. I think
0: that would have been great. But I think that so here's my take on it. Uh, do you remember when Chapter One came out? One of the biggest complaints that people had was like Mike got really shuffled to the back. He really didn't get his full story. Oh yeah. And his story got a little changed. Like it it did get changed a a lot. I, I feel like the director took that to heart and I don't, even though James McAvoy and Jessica Chastain, when they were signed were the two biggest names on that docket. Right. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they got, I never did not see them as like standout leading characters. Hmm. Even, even in the chapter one, I feel like it, like Bev was definitely the center of all those boys' attention. Yeah, it was not the case in this. It, it, like,
1: yeah, there was that it like one scene of that,
0: yeah, there like there was like that one scene where she kisses Bill, right? Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, and they did not have sex, which that's another icky point of the book and the mini series that I don't like because he's like. He's oh, in love he's with married, his wife yeah. in England, right? And she has, she's in this terrible fucking relationship and they both sleep with each other in the midst of all this fucking shit going down, like yeah. this three day bender of them trying to kill this fucking insane <laughs> right. interdimensional clown. Right. Yeah. And they decide to have sex in the middle of it, which is just so fucking, it's so, uh, yeah, they don't do that in this book. I'd like that. They just kiss once and you can see it in both of their eyes because they're, they are good actors. Where it's just like, yeah, this isn't the thing that we were looking for. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, uh, which I, I really like that choice that they made. Like, I
1: forgot about that. Yeah, that is good. I, I That did trouble me. Like, I feel like that kind of thing happened a lot in early, like in the Stephen King stuff in the mid 80s, like the dead zone. Yeah. People just like making bad decisions in that regard. And yeah, and like, yep. I don't know. Um, The bride had a great just like casting suggestion for that that i thought would have been that would have been different it's like so she thought a great grown-up beverly would be Faruza bulk like if you so it you have to see him like it took me a second but if you look at the young actress who to me looks exactly like a a young amy adams who i don't also find especially compelling but i like better than jessica Chastain. uh ruining my my chances oh, no, of working with or being friends with those two actresses
0: is whatever. Oh yeah. No, I, I can totally see there, her. Yeah. But
1: I don't think, I feel like Bev needs to be a little bit more classically beautiful for this. I don't know. To be like the center of this love triangle and whatnot. But
0: I, I, I know why Jessica Chastain is off putting for you and some people. And I don't think I saw any of those things. None of those things were ticks that stuck out to me.
1: Yeah, she doesn't, this like, movie. bother me, bother me. I just, like, it's just so flat for
0: me. Like, I just don't yeah. really respond to her like I do. That fucking, others. the fucking old lady scene the, where oh, that she was, goes back yeah, to her apartment. Like, Man, so, <laughs> so that was one of those scare. Like, one of the times I jumped, that wasn't really a jump scare. Mm-hmm. Because you hear the, like, and that sounds already been permeated in this movie. Like, you hear that thumping sound multiple times. Yeah, yeah. From... in different ways in different forms that he's taken so you hear that and you don't know what's going to come out and it's fucking her as like a 10 foot tall naked fucking witch like oh my (laughs) gosh that was so fucking scary oh it was awesome how did Um, you
1: feel about some of the so the bride said something too where because she hadn't read the book or anything like that and uh she had seen part one with me um but she was saying, like, I could kind of tell that it came from this certain period of time. It seemed like certain effects, like, that might have occurred there or with the spider thing toward the end. Like, certain effects she felt like were probably relics of the original source material and felt kind of dated, like the kind of thing you don't see in movies now. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I, I agree. But I was actually just happy that they did that stuff and kind of honored it and didn't change it too much. I don't know. How did you How did you feel about
0: that whole thing where they so i i actually this is another thing like i i think the didn't like the ending joke is a direct reference to it because i'm in that category that thinks the fucking ending is atrocious that it that it's a giant spider mm. that that's what it that's how it's, it's portrayed form, in the book yeah the true form of pennywise is this like giant spider they say in the book that's what your mind sees because that's all it can comprehend yeah. That's that's the closest thing that it can comprehend. Mm-hmm. That's an allusion to that, to, um, you know, the HP Lovecraft like great old ones. You know, yeah. they're this interdimensional being. Um, and the mini series they just do a direct. It is a spider, like <laughs> yeah. a literal, like it doesn't yeah. look anything like fucking Pennywise. And I always have said that ending fucking is terrible. Like, <laughs> and I think that's where that joke that I didn't like the ending oh, okay. comes from um but i thought that it was a great way to keep that original source material it looked like pennywise with eight legs mm-hmm. like that that's so smart like it's so and and you get to see cuz his true form his true true actual form is the deadlights that's oh yeah yeah
1: <laughs> oh, that's upsetting the way they show that.
0: <laughs> that's yeah, and it's like through his head, like yeah. you know. Which implied like he doesn't actually eat you. You pass through him, his physical right. form and like oh. And I forgot like
1: so did is is that the same in the book where Bev saw that as a kid and so thus saw all of their deaths? Or is that no? That, like that
0: I I don't remember that being in the book. There is definitely this psychic thing happens in the book where they like are kind of connected, yeah. and they regain that as adults. Like, yeah, you know, I thought
1: that was a, a very clever thing about the book in general because it it seems to deal a bit with memory and and, and the sort of purity of youth and the bonds you form there. Yeah, and then you kind of drift apart potentially as adults, but. Um. Yeah, that whole remembering being a big part of it. It was both like as a story device, useful in like people remembering things, but it's also kind of interesting to extrapolate but to non-natural circumstances. I
0: I thought the choices that the, that he made with all of that were smart. I like that they didn't involve his wife. Like they didn't bring Bill's wife back when like her she's in her catatonic state. Yeah, they took out the whole um Tom subplot like, yeah, her, like her abusive hus- husband um, uh, I even thought they did a great job with uh, bringing Henry Bowers back like that like, like he was in it like it, like in the book he felt like this burden that King just kept like pu- like once he brought him into the story I did feel like it, he just like like oh every time you it would start to go towards the losers way mm-hmm. you'd be like you would get used to it in the book. You'd be like, well, Henry Bowers is going to show up right here you ah, know, or, yeah. or Tom's going to show up right here because things are going too good for them as adults. Mm-hmm. But I thought in the movie, like the, the Henry Bauer stuff was just perfect. Like he showed up at just the right times. He did just what he was supposed to do. They took him out just as they were supposed to. And they didn't have Bill's wife come over from England and like, see it and get catatonic and then have to go down the hill and about that. Yeah. yeah like they didn't do any of that which i thought was smart and he this is a three hour fucking long movie like know, he could have put all yeah. this shit in there and right that stuff, like,
1: that stuff is in the miniseries to some extent and yeah that, that's what i mean yeah. like they somehow in that yeah
0: in that three
1: hour thing the miniseries encapsulated yeah they like included things it didn't i don't know but like this yeah. didn't feel it didn't feel short-changed because he just focused on the carries
0: but- on the characters that's what yeah. i like he, fo- he just yeah. stayed on that plot on their connection and trying to rekindle what they had as kids which turned it into a kid grown-up kid adventure movie yes. right like yes oh, So that's uh, 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 there were some really scary fucking parts uh the witch scene the funhouse scene with the so like in the book, there's the skateboard kid that Bill sees
1: there is that I was wondering cause I, yeah, I didn't remember and i I felt like that whole funhouse thing and that kid was some sort of device invented by the movie but so there was a certain like
0: remember a skateboard when he, he, kid. he gets to he gets to Derry, and he talk he ends up connecting with this kid uh, who he just meets on the street and he's got a skateboard and he's headed towards mile or like uh, up mile hill and he the he the kid's gonna ride implying the kid's gonna ride the skateboard down up mile hill
1: and that's the same he, one that they ride the bike the on bike later. down
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. and uh he's like hey at the last second he tells the kid with the skateboard he's like hey be careful on that thing and the kid uh. says he's like that's not the point man like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh,
1: that's just like your opinion,
0: man. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> no, I forgot but, about that. That's, but that—that's yeah. what helps Bill refine his kidness because then he yeah. finds silver, and he like that's what helps him reconnect and remember all yeah. the stuff and and so that this kid is supposed to be that skateboard kid that that grown up Bill keeps encountering in his time in Dairy. But that scene, two things. The scene in the funhouse where they're in this maze, this, like, plexiglass maze, and he is separated from the kid, and Pennywise is on the other side of him. So it's, like, Bill, plexiglass, the kid, plexiglass, Pennywise. Yeah. And all of them can see Pennywise. Like, the kid and Bill can see Pennywise, and Pennywise has this, like... Like, gross tongue. He, like, licks the plexiglass because he, like, wants to get the kid. And the whole point is, like, he's going to kill this kid in front of Bill to, like, essentially send a warning, which he also does in the book. He sends all of them warnings as adults, like, leave. Yeah. You
1: know? Which that takes time to do, which I think is yeah. important that they did that, where they were all separate and it had their encounters. Yep. But obviously that's gonna contribute to a three hour movie. But I'm so glad that they honored that and included Yeah, that.
0: and that's the piece that I think he he was like, This is what we take from the grown up portion of the book. Like, we'll leave out this other shit because I need this and I need I need them to all have their own half hour. Mm-hmm. You know, like that and that's
1: Yeah, to get convinced really.
0: <coughs> yeah. And uh so that was, that was another really scary that did get my anxiety up a little bit, uh, just because that was, you know, what's going to happen. I just had in the last couple days, cause I've been thinking about this conversation and like what we might talk about. And I was thinking about what scenes scared me from the movie. And that, that was one of them. The witch scene was the other one that really got me anxious. They weren't just jump scares and, uh, I I was thinking about this scene, and I'm like, so that kid just gets abducted. Like, he's a weird guy that he sees outside of his house and scares. You know that kid probably. Oh, talked Bill. To his yeah, he was like, yeah, Bill, don't
2: go near that. that yeah, thing. that great. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's terrifying. <laughs> And then the kid tells him he's going to the fair later, and then this guy shows up at the fair. Yeah. They both see them go in. Like, all these fucking people see him go into the funhouse and then see him running out of the funhouse in a town that has all these people disappearing already. Like, how did he not get picked up? Right. (laughs) In this modern day and age, like, that was the one suspension of disbelief. (laughs) <laughs> three days ago after a month later of seeing this movie that i'm just like wait a second yeah. <laughs> there's no fucking way that a security camera didn't pick him up yeah with the interacting with this kid in that fun house and he was instantly in the jail um uh,
1: i wonder too if the if the writer directors uh or director writers saw us the movie us and we're like mm, <laughs> should we change this because <laughs> there is that that's like that's where the switch happens, right? In us, like that, a kind of a fun house, you know, what hall of mirrors what? type deal, where you know it's like a carnival, and the kid goes in, one one oh, kid goes yeah, in, yeah, and yeah, like their yeah, other, yeah, they're tethered, comes out.
0: Uh, no, but I mean, you know, it's Pennywise though. That, that's the big separation
1: yeah no, no no it's just it feels similar like there's a similar scene in some ways in the hall of or something carnival-esque in uh stranger things it reminds me of oh yeah the dragon it's it's a it's a kind of a
0: yeah that must, so that's a lot of our people our age are making all this shit so tango maybe and cash the, yeah <laughs> tango and cash maybe tango and cash has a like hall of thing that's awesome at the end oh god that movie's great <laughs> i think that's a trope if you're gonna have a carnival in a movie in some movie or show or whatever you go to the funhouse which oh, i can man. only think of like so here's the thing as a kid that trope was so like i just assumed there would be funhouses at every amusement park and carnival that you went to and come to find out they're really hard to find like they're oh yeah <laughs> they're not, like and the ones that you do find are just on like a double wide trailer at a carnival that take 2 seconds to go through and mm. so <laughs>
1: Oh, I just uh, thought of uh, more kind of things that I was sort of—I was glad they included, but I thought they would have changed for the modern retailing, Like in the Chinese restaurant, where things start to come out of the fortune cookies, like in, yeah. in a way that's kind of like cheesy and stuff. But it—I was happy to see it there. You know, was, I don't know. I thought it really. And there did were great some. Uh, of, I um,
0: I love yeah. that there were a lot of homages and all of that little extra shit. So like when those oh. fortune cookies all opened up, like one of those is the eye. From the eye, or the eyeball, or whatever that nineteen fifties horror movie that Stephen oh. King is like, he still talks about as like one of the scariest movies he's ever seen. Oh, really? I that's and so awesome. and the, and so in um in the book, it Eddie saw that sees that movie because it's in this like it takes place when Stephen King in the book it's when Stephen King was that age.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's
0: how he writes it, and so. Eddie had just seen the eye and that's how Pennywise came to him the, when he was a kid and tried to kill him was as an eye. Oh. Cause you know how they all had their run in with Pennywise. That's what yeah. kind of draws them together yeah. a little bit. And, and that was Eddie's. Um, He saw the, he sees the eye because one of them ha- uses their inhale. like Cause like, Oh yeah, Eddie uses his inhaler on the eye. That's what gets. That's the magic that gets them past. Yeah, that thing, so they can go deeper in the sewer, because one of them had just seen that that scary movie, and that's what Pennywise took. It, it had to have been Eddie, because. But Eddie's original thing that he saw was the "I was a teenage werewolf." Yeah, I love that, and I I couldn't
1: find it. Like I rewatched the special features of the 2017 movie, but not the movie itself. Yeah, And and, and now I don't know where I saw this, but I there's some sort of behind the scenes thing related. To talking about it in which stephen king was talking about wanting to incorporate all the different monsters as well
0: yeah so they yeah. didn't
1: quite carry i don't know where it was and i can't quite track it but that's one of the remnants i recall where because there is that teenage werewolf thing so there, so he was able to do like a werewolf thing and there's the various kind of yep. monster universal type monsters that i i grew up loving
0: and there is a there's one shot in uh they have an homage to the, him being the teen the where like Pennywise oh, really? being a werewolf in the in the in the chapter one. Oh. In I think it's the scene when they're all in the kitchen the first time that they're at the house and Pennywise comes out of the refrigerator when he's walking towards them, you see his hand burst and it's like a, a wolf band oh, for like yes, a split second. Yes. Uh before there's too many of them in the room and he doesn't know which form to take
1: but I'm trying to see who played, uh, cause in, in, seeing the behind the scenes stuff for the first movie, Jack Dylan Grazer played the young Eddie Kasprak. And just as Bill Hader s- kind of steals the movie for me, for the chapter two, that kid is yeah. so great. Like he's so <laughs> great. I love him the so new much. Kid
0: stuff. and
1: He has such a, I don't know. Yeah, I, honestly, I guess all the kids are kind of great. They are perfectly chosen for who they're meant to be, and for the most part, I would say the adults follow suit. Like I, like I said, there's th- those two problematic actors for me. But uh, I, 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 watching the behind the scenes stuff too, there, I feel like there's a lot more Pennywise in that first movie, or maybe I, I was just getting, yeah. getting that from the special features. But it really made me appreciate what Bill Skarsgård was uh, doing all the more. Um, yeah, talking about all this really does make me want to watch <laughs> that part one again, and like be able
0: to roll right into part two. Oh, I, I want this supercut! I need this supercut. <laughs> yep. Well, and I think, um, I think the whole like Pennywise is in the first one more is like he, if you think about it, he's even in the book in the mini series. That's the case, but when they the kid stuff is interspersed with the adult stuff, you get Pennywise spread out through that, but. <coughs> When they're adults, he's scared of them. He's trying to. That's why he's always separating himself from them until he's sure that he can do damage by separating them in his in his domain. Right? Yeah, yeah. They're so, less likely to be afraid of him too as adults. Yeah, as a group, right?
1: Yeah, as a group, and then as grown
0: people, and then yeah. as grown people. So he, a lot of the time, with them being a grown ups is him sending warnings to stay away and to mm-hmm. go away and to yeah not be here and here's this horrible thing I'm gonna show you <coughs> oh sorry that's all right um well, yeah did great uh, I don't oh, know great fucking movie Oh yeah yeah
1: no and and as a pair they are as satisfying as Kill Bill one and two and as connected um yep does uh I couldn't quite remember I was like starting to doubt it and it, it, it is so faithful to the spirit of the book, all of that that the deviations I got kind of confused as to they they all felt so right that I wasn't sure. I mean, I knew there wasn't a romantic thing between um, Richie and Eddie in the in the book. but and, and like I mentioned, I didn't quite catch that in the movie until I walked out. but did did, um, did Ben and Beverly end up together in the book?
0: Is yeah. That, okay. Yeah. I, I
1: couldn't quite remember.
0: That's That's great. that was the other reason why I thought it was so shitty that her and Bill slept with each other <laughs> and then she runs off with Ben. You know, like <laughs> Yeah. So he gets he gets Bill sloppy seconds twice, like that's oh, bullshit. You know, don't like sorry,
1: don't say sloppy seconds in relation to that person. <laughs> oh yeah, shit! Money. I didn't even think. I just meant like he, you oh. know, he
0: had to play second fiddle to Bill no. when they were kids. Because oh, she, like, oh, they, it's just like worse. It's just oh, getting worse. Oh, no. oh, it's so sorry. upsetting. Yeah.
1: Oh, why would he do it? <laughs> why did he write it? Why couldn't he? I don't know. Think better of it. Stephen King, I love too the uh, and actually the bride caught it first his cameo, she saw oh, yeah. she recognized it from the back of his head like she goes mm-hmm, when he's like in the pawn shop and I and I look over at her not knowing what's going on exactly and then it like reverses the angle and there he is but it's so fun to have him saying the thing about the endings
0: <laughs> oh yeah and and the I love the like you can afford it to like because you right. know he deals with that shit like you yeah. know he deals with that oh, shit. Yeah. oh you know that big rider. Great accent, too. I I own it now. (laughs) How much more? Ah, 300. You can afford it. Yeah. Like, (laughs) so fucking
1: good. I miss... I mean, I guess what I miss, I hadn't seen... Like, there's that... He's in a lot... I don't know how many of the movies, but I hadn't... I'd been on a bit of a... I was looking at my annual media list, and Christine is the only Stephen King book that I read or listened to this year, so uh, I've seen less but it was awesome to see him again and remind him and i'm listening right now to uh our our friends from the pod bros last year they did a 31 days of horror movies like kind of okay. lesser known horror movies i mean i say that and then i mentioned this movie but they did creep show among them
0: and oh, it's nice. like john
1: and and jeff that we know and then another f- friend of theirs but it was i just listened to them talk about creep show and uh of course Stephen King in creep show. Like that's probably his yeah. biggest role, right? And he's like, you know, me yeah. and your shit and all that. Oh <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I just uh yeah, I want to see see some more some more King in movies. Oh sorry, there was a pod or, sorry, there's a Oh shit. I. uh my iChat is up. I got interrupted in my disjointed thought by the bride sending something but it's actually pertinent to what we're talking about she said fyi podcasting dummies castle rock back on october 23rd
0: oh yeah this is great (laughs) did you know that no i i i saw i remember seeing that that it was coming back but i forgot all i i did know it but i forgot uh i was not intending to bring that up tonight so i'm glad that she did uh that one yeah, I, was, which I was actually
1: just thinking about that when we were talking about uh, Bill Skarsgård because that is available on DVD and Blu-ray. And I was just thinking, like, uh, kind of like to have that, you know, in the oh, collection. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh,
0: in again, Bill Skarsgård is a central, pivotal character in that show. Yeah. Uh, amongst uh, there's a ton of Stephen King connections for a show that has little to nothing to do with Stephen King. Like Stephen King is as, as a writer, producer. As, as yeah, the as a author writer. of that show, but like yeah.
1: everything to do with everything is written.
0: Yeah, it's, it takes place in his universe or a version of his universe and uh, has then like Sissy Spacek is one of those characters uh. who was in the adaptation of his first novel, Carrie. Um, so it's like this arc for her where she's in his, the first thing that was adapted and then in this thing that, now is being adapted for him, and um, she is like the, uh, as Dave would say, a tour de force performance in that in that show in season one oh, of that show. It's yeah. so
1: she is famous. as is uh, a Scarsgard. Yeah. That's such a goddamn great show. I'm, yeah, I'm very glad it's coming back, and I can't. And I wonder what it's going to be like. Is it going to be the hen, Henry Deaver kind of continued, or are
0: they going to? I'm I'm hoping I'm because I want to. I need to know who that fucking guy is. Like, oh, I who need, the le, yeah, who yeah in the, in, the kid in the bas- is yeah in, who the kid is in the oh. basement. Like I can't accept that he's that person that we're made to think he is from the alternate dimension right
1: oh yes oh god i realized i was starting i forgot Uh, a lot of
0: that so so uh, this show is great and and deals a little bit with parallel dimensions and uh the i do not think he is the white henry deaver from the good dimension the quote-unquote like good dimension Mm -hmm. i think that that Soul was like was kind of latched on by in his passing in between the two dimensions, and became because why didn't he not age right? Like yeah, why did he not age that entire time? And so, Whew. Yeah.
1: Or are they going to get in more to Jackie Torrance's story?
0: Oh yeah, which they uh, kind
1: of like hinted at towards the end. Which would be awesome. And of course, like, you know, in, in November, right? That's when Dr. Sleep comes out.
0: Yeah. Which, uh, um, the which sequel the, to The Shining,
1: of course, which...
0: The, was, that trailer is still one of the most beautiful things. It just, like, does such this great job. It gets that music, that, like, boom, 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 you know? Yeah. And, like, shit... It, I said so if you haven't seen the trailer you should really go see the trailer for Doctor Sleep the the teaser for it um it stars Ewan McGregor yeah. as the grown-up Danny Torrance um and I I feel like this is going to try to skirt to be a sequel to both the book and the movie so the movie oh. and the book are there's drastic differences and Stephen King actually even not even liking Stanley Kubrick's mm-hmm. version of the shining like he will tell people he still says he does not like it um i think i read or heard that his or larry i think told me that he heard in inner in an interview with Stephen King that the reason he didn't like the shining was because Kubrick had Nicholson be crazy from the first frame yeah and And whether or not he was
1: acting crazy he just has that glint you know you know what's coming (laughs) and
0: and that yeah and and in the book it's a constant struggle with him not like and he kind of embraces the crazy i think that's what he means yeah like 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 jack nicholson's jack torrance embraces that like he likes that crazy from the get-go in the book It's the whole book is this struggle, and it's supposed to be a struggle with sobriety, but it's really like it's him struggling with his sanity. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want to be crazy, he fights it the whole time while still trying to do the like it's like you can't have your cake and eat it too. And that's the price that he pays at the end, you know? Yeah, but uh, there are big differences. Like Dick Halloran dies in The Shining, the movie version of The Shining. But in the oh, that's right which I forgot
1: the, he didn't die in the book it, in the book I, he doesn't that's the old that was and the in only... doctor
0: sleep he comes he's a character like he yeah. helps Danny come to terms with it. so I I don't want to spoil too much of dr oh sleep um because I know you are nowhere near that well I actually pomology. did
1: read that one so the the way that oh, it you works oh for yeah me because
0: is... you like the because sh- you like the shining so much that's why you went through yeah that, I right? can't
1: remember why I why i reached for the shining i'm not super sure like i did see that because as a as an 18 year old sort of film enthusiast i was going through kubrick's films uh maybe a little bit later too like revisiting and i'm not sure what in say 2013 ish drew me to the shining It might have possibly been the fact that there was a sequel i'm not sure yeah i might have started with dr sleep honestly i'm not i I, because i feel like i was i was starting to make this commute i had listened to some things that had been recommended to me i think by the by one half of the what became the fire and the kid brian callan uh who is the comedian again to bring it around to comedians. But he, he's like this sort of intellectual comedian that wants to be a fighter or whatever. I like him a lot. I don't mean to diminish him. <laughs> he's great. <laughs> but he recommended on his old solo podcast that you listen to certain audiobooks because of Audible ads yeah and one of them was blood meridian which we talked about endlessly with oh yeah who probably heard something similar with like joe rogan or whatever maybe i don't know i'd be curious to know where you heard it. that and that is a beautiful
0: beautiful audiobook it is incredibly
1: like yeah just like rich in the language and it's just like haunting and for me that was really helping me like write songs i was i was writing down stuff from like that audiobook then i listened to another one they recommended um, the Graveyard book by Neil Gaiman. I never listened to... Yep, so to awesome. Read he reads that. Did, did, he, he does, yeah. He reads it. I And and so I wrote down so much from that book that I actually have a song called Graveyard, which yeah. is lo- most inspired by that, but also a bit from Blood Meridian and The Shining. So I think after Graveyard, I, I read Dr. Sleep because I was kind of in this mode of wanting to listen to horror books. Um. And that's what actually led me to start doing the, the chronology that I yeah. had only gotten barely into when you came to visit and then so really solidified I, my interest.
0: Well, then I'm glad that I'm not spoiling the book because that's... No, yeah, I know that one. That That's a great... It's, it, <laughs> so it's a great thing that in the book, at the beginning of Doctor Sleep, like Danny Torrance is really struggling in his adolescence with these powers with the shine because he keeps seeing like he sees a dead woman essentially in their apartment that he's living in with Mm -hmm. his with and she doesn't know what to do so she calls in dick halloran in in in, in these moments in their life and dick halloran shows up and tells him the story about his grandfather who was like an awful person
1: Oh, and, I'm thinking the wrong thing. I because there's a Dick Halloran connection to The Shining, right? With that uh, that that all that, to that, it. There's to a Dick it. Halloran. Sorry, excuse me. He, yeah,
0: the, the Black Spot. He yes. was the cook. Dicky Halloran yes. was the was the fry cook at the at the Black Spot. Sorry. Yeah. That's again.
1: Yes. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, he would come. He's the one who kind of helped Danny Torrance. Like, this is how you deal with this, and this is what you do. and
1: And kind of uh, go into this mind
0: yep uh, and you essentially have to like force them on force these people on and so that they don't bother you anymore Mm -hmm. and that's the whole point of doctor that's where the title doctor sleep comes from because then in his adult life he ends up becoming an alcoholic to deal with these problems he becomes an alcoholic and I feel the whole book is about sobriety doctor sleep is all about I think The Shining is about alcoholism, Mm -hmm. and then Dr. Sleep is about overcoming that and being sober and like being an alcoholic while you're sober, you know, like because Stephen King has had to do that for so long in his life now. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of like his AA experiences and his in all, like, because he's a huge proponent of AA and uh, it really attributes a lot of his success of of being sober with them. Mm -hmm. So, um all that's pulled into Dr. Sleep. But ultimately, that's what Danny Torrance does. He got so good at moving those spirits on that that's he helps people in a nursing home like
1: oh, move
0: yeah. on like to the the next plane. So they totally yes. bypass that like spirit mm-hmm. like to just go right into. So he's quote unquote Dr. Sleep. Like he just helps these people move on and that. In one of those moments, that's how he connects with the the girl. He can he can see her, and uh, I I am so excited for this. I'm so excited for Ewan McGregor. It looks like a totally different kind of movie than the than it or any of the other adaptations that have been happening recently with his work. It looks more artistic, um, and more.
1: Uh, I think adult too right like yeah, it's not about yeah. kids it's about yeah it's about this grown man who uh, who obviously like we're referencing some things he experienced as a kid but it <coughs> uh, I, yeah I don't remember enough about that book I'm realizing so I think it'll I'll be surprised by certain things that happen like, yeah it's a, a bit of a remembering but like the I trailer
0: is but. so good because there's this there's like five to seven shots that looked like they're just direct lifts. Yeah. And of course
1: I thought they were.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And and come to find out they're not, he, they reshot all that stuff. The only shot that they did borrow was the shot of the blood coming out of the elevator. Yeah. Like that, that is the original shot, but the rest, like the, the stuff on the three wheeler, the, like the big wheel and the carpet and all that, like that. And if you're, um, if you're a huge Stephen King nerd, that sh- the sh- the shining pattern of that carpet mm-hmm. is ubiquitous that's like a sign oh. that you're a Stephen King fan like you have a button or like there's ties with that pattern on it there's bedspreads with that pattern on it there's a- a- that that pattern is everywhere and that's kind of like a kind of like your nod to like oh i like Stephen King you know oh uh,
1: i just had to look it up it sort of shows my newbiness in the in the grand scheme of things to Stephen King because I wouldn't recognize that but I would recognize uh, oh, the pattern yeah. from Eraserhead that carries through to Twin Peaks and is kind of the David Lynch version thereof <laughs> which would have actually started earlier I guess or just separately it's different right but it's it's a bit more it, that one's more like these jagged lines kind of like electricity which he has an obsession with with that but uh, anyway Lynch fans can hit me up on that whole thing but like you can see it in the in eraser head on the floor of the henry character's uh apartment building and then uh, that is also the pattern on the floor of the red room and and what whatever the red room is in twin peaks you know that al- alternate
0: oh yeah or, the same pattern the same carpet pattern the not the
1: same part? as the sh- as not the same as the shining but it, it has that kind of resonance for lynch nerds <laughs> and so but now now i know this shining pattern more
0: I, I, soon I it, oh yeah, yeah 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 I, I okay I can see the red room thing like that that's like the chevrons like right like the zigzagging lines yeah, yeah. I'm looking that up now
1: <laughs> Lynch carpet yeah.
0: pattern. Lynch floor I pattern. I just did like Twin Peaks uh, red room carpet
1: oh and, I did Lynch floor pattern and it came up yeah yeah but that's so cool uh I
0: so that 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 pattern that shining and again like that that is more with the movie not with the. Right, right. Book the Shining. <laughs> but Stephen King fans really that's one of the things that they I I mean and you like just <laughs> I did Shining carpet pattern was was the thing and if I do shopping there's rugs, there's a shirt like a polo button down, not <laughs> oh, even a polo that's perfect. Like a button yeah. down.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh there's a bedspread.
2: Oh, there's yeah.
0: <laughs> like an Overlook Hotel rug, like welcome to the oh, Overlook man. Hotel rug. Uh, there's a dress, uh, the Apollo sweater is also a thing. There's Vans with that pattern on the fabric. Um, so it's just this ubiquitous thing that kind of shows like, Oh, I'm a Stephen King fan. Right. Um, not the bedspread we have. No are the bedspread we have is oh, much more cool, nerdier yeah. than like like that's much more obvious i'm a stephen king nerd is that actually then, on
1: your bed though like every uh no, no we, we
0: uh it's because we don't sl- we wouldn't sleep under it anyways
1: be very um, heavy right
0: yeah yeah well it, it, it's one of the that's why i don't fucking like duvets you're not supposed to use those blankets like they're supposed to be yeah. like, guys
1: like you and me should know what duvets are yeah <laughs> yeah
0: it's a blanket it's a blank, just a blank. <laughs> uh, everything goes back to Fight Club. Um, I was
1: gonna listen to that, read that this year. I guess that could still happen.
0: We'll see. He wrote he also wrote a sequel, a sequel right? <laughs> that's in comic form. It's a it's oh, a graphic right. novel. Yeah. yeah. So I um have yet to check that out. Uh anyways, so yeah, Doctor So it chapter two, if we're just gonna like quick check, we got like twelve minutes, right? Yeah. So
1: I could go for one uh, more P for a wrap up, I guess. Like, definitely, we're not going to talk like the other stuff, which is fine. I think it's enough to say I saw them, read them.
0: Ah, I don't know though. Like, like Christine.
1: Oh yeah, we could do. Well, like, I, we could talk a little Christine. I won't break out my notes.
0: <laughs> That's all the right. agreement I can make. <laughs> uh, so the and so I can
1: really like just gloss over Silver Bullet. Like, I don't have to get into anything. Yeah,
0: I really like. What else do you need to know? It's
1: yeah. I mean, like, it, it, so 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 I'm gonna. Let's mind. just quick. Let's, let's just quick pee, pee. Let's and then we'll like rifle through them. I know we say that a lot, but if I don't get yeah. out my notes, I think it's possible because it's been enough time passed.
0: Okay, yeah. So let's pee real quick, and then we'll come back and we'll wrap up with yeah. those two things. In the that's
1: that sounds good. Okay. All right. Awesome. <laughs> we'll check them off the whole master list. Okay. Be right back.
0: All right, so IT Chapter 2, good. Go see it. Go to audibletrial.com slash LWSD. Download the Stephen Weber reading of that. Listen of to the actual book. Just as fucking good. Go rent, or it might even be available on some streaming service. Uh, the series, if you want to just dive into this IT universe. yeah. Uh, the series is worth checking out, too. If anything, for Tim Curry's performance as Pennywise. But like Dave, I can't. I can't give it a stamp of approval. I watched it as an adult too. And it is, it is too dated for me. It is almost silly to know how good the book is, uh, but they tried, it is a faithful adaptation of the book. Like, yeah. And it's amazing what they could get away with, with on primetime television. <laughs> yeah. in, Great cast too, like, like John in Ritter. The 90s. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, an amazing cast. There's a nice
1: yeah. uh, commentary for it too. So I saw it on Blu-ray. Um, and I had uh, Palmer's pre-like disclaimer that it was going to be kind of extra cheesy and stuff, so I was I was prepared for that and just over basically just overlooked it. But what was really nice in the in the commentaries, you learned that like they they really felt it was important. Like John Ritter in particular wanted to do that thing about how Ben lost the weight, and um, they all became really close friends. It was very very endearing yep. to know that that was their experience. So a That's lot awesome. of it out there to be enjoyed.
0: Yeah, uh who the, the the Walton uh the kid from the Waltons is Bill Denbro. Like yes,
1: yeah, John Boy. John Boy. <laughs> With a yeah. ponytail, which I guess With was very pony, important yeah. to him to have that ponytail. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Harry uh, Anderson. well they're kinda of like yuppies, right? Like they're supposed to be like kinda of like yuppies like him yeah. and Harry Anderson Yeah. And, um uh,
1: I have such affection for the whole thing.
0: Uh, yeah. So uh yeah, I definitely check that one out uh too. Mostly for Tim Curry's performance, oh, like okay. all of the performances are good. It's just as a collective whole, I don't think it wraps up well because it, they are too faithful to the book. So, all right, it check. Uh, you threw Doctor Sleep in there. Good conversation yeah. on that. I forgot about that one. Check. We'll we mentioned that, that the stand, uh, the stand miniseries <laughs> oh, is eventually shit, yeah. like getting ready to. That's in production right now, uh, and has another Skarsgård. As the man in black, oh shit! That's a Dark Tower spoiler right there. But I like, knew
1: that though. As Randall Flagg, right?
0: yeah, the man in black, yeah,
1: yeah. They call him that in the stand, don't they? They call him all kinds of stuff in the stand. The like walking, walking dude, dude, the man yeah. in black, and
0: yeah, all that stuff. And uh, and Randall Flagg is is like the like the name he uses in in the stand. That's uh, Bill Skarsgård's older brother. Which I can't think remember his first name, but he's was in True Blood, the series True Blood, as uh, Eric. I think was the vampire that he played, or the uh-huh.
1: werewolf. Oh no, yeah, I think you're right.
0: Yeah, he in was. My a, mind, he was a Eric, vampire. is a
1: werewolf from the 1987 Fox TV show, <laughs> but that's probably me, Moto, and a handful of other people in the world. Most would associate Eric the vampire in True Blood. <laughs>
0: Eric Northman was Alexander Ah, Skarsgård is his name. He also is in, um, altered carbon, I think, uh, which Twinkie is a fan of. It's like a, a uh, sci-fi noir, um, in the, in the vein of, um, Blade Runner type show on Netflix. Um, yeah. So they announced that he's playing, uh, Randall Flag, uh, in the which is currently filming. That's coming out oh. in next year. Yes, oh, please.
1: So and that's awesome. a TV series, right? Not just a mini miniseries yeah. or like a uh, it says run type. Thing.
0: I'm wondering if it's a limited run thing or if they're actually going to do a series. Like, god damn it, I'm going to have to subscribe to that. <laughs> yeah,
1: it never ends. <laughs> it doesn't. Well, with the
0: Disney thing getting ready to drop, like that starts in November. Have you looked at what all you're going to get? on that when it when it opens like when they finally start it, it you it's it's stupid how much <laughs> you're gonna have access to like it, it, it's so you're getting access to so much and i know this is their plan mm-hmm. so they're gonna do this for the first three years and get you hooked to it and then they'll slowly start taking stuff away oh. <laughs> which i know i know that's what they're gonna do but it's like the whole Disney vault is going to be available. Like there's like, there is no vault essentially.
1: Well, there was a different word they used to use, moratorium, or something. I can't remember what it was. But it was moratorium like, is was where they just yeah. don't
0: make it anymore. Oh. That's like an industry term where they're just yeah. not like it's on moratorium. They yeah. don't make that. They don't make any more physical copies of that.
1: Exactly. So like Disney was, I I don't want to say the first, but they were the first I was aware of to pull this heinous thing yeah and that was back when you could actually but you could like circumvent it by just getting on the you know making sure if that was an important thing for you to collect the fucking disney animated movies or whatever in that library case it got them before they pulled them away and that was part of the marketing and it was bright yep. but yep. now that's like everything and everybody just like acts takes it you know, away revoke access i just discovered uh, on a positive note uh, i got a more updated apple tv and so you can download new apps and the shout factory has an app um, oh nice on it and it's like it's so many of the things that they have available that you can just fucking watch like for and it's free it's fucking glorious so shout shout tv i think it's called oh and so so many like they have most of the john carpenter movies and which incidentally uh and it's mentioned. free yeah <laughs> yeah and, and, and it is web uh too like i i checked one time i was curious because i get their newsletter and like would this click through and i could watch this movie it was like blood fist with like Don, the dragon Wilson and like, yeah, you can watch it.
2: <laughs> wow. Uh, it's
1: pretty cool. And so they, they, but they cultivate these certain catalogs. So most Wes Craven movies, um, John Carpenter's movies, almost all of them. But you'd mentioned in the mouth of madness earlier, and I haven't seen this one yet. I stopped in his chronology. Cause I, I did see Christine because of John Carpenter's yeah. John Carpenter made it. So those are the only two Stephen King movies I'd seen was, the Shining and Christine, and I only saw Christine if, like two or three years ago, but or no, maybe like four or five years ago. But so there's a movie that John Carpenter <coughs> made in 1995 called In the Mouth of Madness that is a what they call I guess they call it an homage to, uh, um. H. To, like, this film pays tribute to H.P. Lovecraft with many references yeah. to his stories and themes. Um, but yeah, so so the shout factory thing, I don't I don't know that's that that whole new model is. Uh, it giveth and it taketh away but when it gives yeah. like, certain stuff seems so accessible <laughs> it is
0: well there, the th- of we're eating. also getting a John Favreau Star Wars show That's, called The Mandalorian yeah. is going to be on the Star Wars thing right we'll get access to all the Star Wars shit
1: um, watch them fucking put out like the
0: original they bought Fox I think they bought Fox just so they could control the original <laughs> trilogy Uh, like yeah that's worth it because they they got all but a new hope in the merger right because like so when they bought lucasfilm they got every they got the rights to everything but a new hope and i literally think they bought fox just to get a new hope Hmm. and then fox in a brilliant move at the last second was like listen If you're going to buy us, you're buying all of us. Like (laughs) You don't just get to cherry pick. And they just started throwing all this other shit in there. And they're like, you got to buy this, 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 this.
1: So it's all Fox and all of Disney. (laughs) Look at him go. We were going to talk King. He's like, I'm lost in this now. (laughs) This is troubling me. I'm going to have to buy another service. But I'm going to get all this thing, all these things. You tell me they're going to include like only the strong directed by Sheldon. (laughs) Yeah. maybe <laughs> Sorry, mark to <Dacascas> about capoeira <laughs> oh my god this might mean that rapid fire gets a brandon lee's movie gets a <laughs> a Wait. streaming okay now i'm on board Fuck star wars rapid fire no rapid could, fire cut, cut that out
0: <laughs> uh what companies is i mean all of marvel all the oh, marvel no, cinematic fair. universe all of Star Wars, anything that's, that Star Wars associated is going to be on there. Anything Disney associated is going to be on there. Um, anything Fox now in the Fox movie category is going to be on there. Anything that's on Hulu will be on there. Holy shit! You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it 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 uh anything that's uh Miramax, um oh, anything no, part of it. Yeah, they fucking own them. Anything that's Pixar, oh, like. That's right. Yeah. Wow. So. <laughs> oh wow.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've heard that 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 whole business is like that years ago. Like the whole thing was about library titles, you know, even back in the DVD heyday and stuff. It was all about the library, and man, that could not be more true than now, when the when the whole thing is like access to this or that title. Shit, so this this happens next month? Is that November, yeah.
0: Wow. I think. So we'll see. We'll see if it comes to fruition. Anyways. <laughs> so check on Dr. Sleep. We just talked about the stand, which led us to that big fucking conversation about <laughs> Disney. See, they even own us. You they even escape. own our conversations. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so um I'm trying to think. Did you, did you want st-
1: to try to touch on these other two? I, I'm okay for time because it's an hour earlier here for me.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, uh, <laughs> we, we were just talking about how I need to get up. We need to get up early because we have a concert tomorrow in Columbia.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're going to see the Black Keys, right?
0: Black Keys and Modest Mouse are on the oh, same sweet. ticket. It's, it's the Let's Rock Tour, so which is the name of the new Black Keys album. So oh. we need to try to get in at 6.30 into work so that way we can leave at 3 and then...
1: Oh, we can't be getting into whole new. I mean, I
0: know. Well, well. Here's what's gonna happen, regardless. <laughs> is I'm gonna go order a pizza and uh. eat that pizza because it's Tuesday pizza day. So,
1: oh, today is Tuesday.
0: Yeah, instead of Wednesday. See, they're changing all kinds of shit up with this. Like, maybe like YouTube fucking us is like all like,
1: oh sorry uh, you, you like hit that mic man up. like i whapped it with that earphone
0: <laughs> that's okay i feel like i'm breathing through a straw and i keep <laughs> hacking so uh
1: i don't know what we want to do about we may just like put a moratorium on christine and cycle the werewolf i mean we're gonna be excited to talk about other things soon uh we'll see, yeah. we'll see how it goes but let me i mean well let's like just them, let's of just uh, of okay so like Oh no! The <laughs>
0: he's
1: book like, I gotta the, get up early, but let's get it. The this. book,
0: the book, Christine is great. It's a, uh it, it's a one of those. It's that early portion of his career where he's still trying to find his like voice as a novelist, and like get his shtick. But it it it's a great ghost story that I feel like it like. You know, Firestarter is this psychic thing. Carrie was this psychic thing. Dead Zone was this psychic thing. Salem's Lot was vampires, right? Yeah. And, like, now this is, like, a true ghost story. Instead of a haunted house, it's a haunted car, Exactly.
1: On the book jacket for, like, the 1982, I got a book club version, so it's a little smaller. But it says on the back flap, in Christine, Stephen King has returned to the full-fledged novel of supernatural horror for the first time since The Shining. That's what this says. Yeah, yeah. So, um, a haunted car, then shortly followed by a haunted town, in in it as we talked about.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I, I just, I liked in the book how the obsession. It was the obsession that he had with the car. You know, like I feel like in the movie adaptation, they were trying to make the implication that the car was just cursed from the beginning you know oh like,
1: i could see that yeah because it's like on the assembly, assembly line
0: yeah yeah, yeah. like the, the the car was just cursed from the very beginning and the movie doesn't like the book gets to the point that the the guy who is the goat you find out he ob- obsessed about that car so much and literally like it's implied like sacrificed his child for the love of that car yeah yeah And that's what bound him to it so that when he died, he was. So then he gets this kid gets obsessed with the same car and he draws that energy to the point that he actually the ghost of the original man is driving the car. Right. Like he actually see him in physical form running the car again. Right. Yeah. And And they don't do any of that in the movie. Like there's none of that like campy ghost stuff in the in the movie it's all about the obsession right like
1: that actually reminds me a little bit of it in the in the the, the grown-up like henry bauer stuff where there's the ghost of his buddy or like not ghost but like the corpse of his buddy in the passenger seat or whatever that seems like the of uh of christine like a kind of a visualization you don't see in the movie the, the john carpenter movie
0: yeah no it's always the kid like he's he's being possessed by the car and in the in the book you find out no the car is possessed by a an evil man who yeah yeah is using this kid to his own means
1: shitters who's who's angry at the shitters of the world (laughs) is angers at the
0: shitters of the world yeah
1: (laughs) i had seen so i think the book i think at first the, the experience of the book suffered from my familiarity with the film because generally that's not the case for any of the other like Stephen King adaptations or not adaptations, sorry, source material. The Stephen King novels the like that I read that uh, usually what it is is I read the novel, listen to it, whatever, and then see the movie, which I always love it when the period matches. In this case, as I understand it, if I'm not getting this wrong, Christine the movie opened in theaters while Christine the paperback was still in the bestseller list. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah.
1: It was like really like catching a crest of his uh, wave at the time and um, yeah directed by John Carpenter so I happened to see it like the 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 person whose work I was going through in a purposeful way that I'd largely missed growing up prior to Stephen King was John Carpenter and so I, I I had seen Christine in his film filmography chronology so when I was listening so when I encountered the book I was so familiar with like the, you know, 90 to 100 minute film that it felt protracted, I guess. But eventually I did fall into it and appreciated it uh to where I, you know, like most Stephen King books, I am not eager for it to end. I was like, and maybe that's why he struggles with endings as well. It's because yeah. he creates such a great world that uh it's hard to just hop out of. Um
0: that's my theory on what the dark tower represents is him his struggle with his writing
1: process oh, like whole like interesting. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, so I mean I like the book a lot. Uh, one thing that's not in the audiobook version that I'm sure I had to do with rights is um each chapter subchapter and stuff has little snippets from rock and roll songs mostly from the 50s but also like the 70s and sort of I guess contemporary for when it was published um yeah little snippets from lyrics and stuff yeah that that they they make good use of that idea in the in the movie where um i'm trying to remember what's like keep on knocking or whatever they play like 50 songs that is it though the car is speaking in the movie yeah yeah Uh, but yeah i i mean i liked the movie when i saw it an awful lot and um it's so funny like the the guy in it that plays arnie uh keith gordon he directed one of my favorite I guess it's like a drama romance called um uh, waking the dead waking the dead in oh, 2000 okay. and he's a i think he directs a lot of television now um but so the commentary for it on blu-ray and in dvd is john carpenter's all enthralled with the fact that this guy's now a director <laughs> and so he keeps he keeps kind of talking to him reverently as such because i think it was around the time that he was breaking <laughs> as a director and uh and john carpenter had kind of retired um but, and that kid because yeah,
0: he's sorry. he he's a i you see him in 80s things like he's he was a uh, like kind of a heartthrob-y kind of actor in the 80s because he's in uh, legend of billy jean too uh arnie is been the
1: the dorky kid from christine
0: yeah oh and I, it's hard the for the me main to picture character? him the heartthrob yeah. <laughs> but uh hang oh, on, that
1: makes no. me want to watch the legend of billy jean because i oh, thought for a minute so you were talking about uh Dennis who's the football player uh John Stock John Stockwell Dean Stockwell uh i'll find it real quick i got it up here uh John Stockwell yeah who plays Dennis Gilder who is um, Cougar and Top Gun <laughs> Oh yeah <laughs> Mavericks yeah. Mavericks wingman before uh he ch- he checks out early in the movie which just incidentally for listeners who might have Who might be familiar with our early run the uh the origin of the phrase don't talk shit about top gun that comes from my going to the bride's uh, cousin's backyard cinema when they talked about how how they didn't like that movie at one of them that was the movie for this year's backyard cinema so last weekend i was watching top gun and john stockwell and and all the you know uh tom cruise and everybody do their thing and, uh, and it went over pretty well, <laughs> anyway. But John Stockwell is also a director now too. So, or, or was then too. Like when this yeah. uh, DVD came out, he directed Crazy Beautiful, which is a movie with Kirsten Dunst that I like. She's oh super yeah. hot in that movie. It's fine yeah. that I can lust after her. She's my age uh
0: (laughs) that's the same rule i have with natalie
1: portman yes exactly it's fine it's fine for us then and (laughs) it's fine for us now because we are her contemporaries anyway but it's sort of interesting that that that's the the that those two cast members went on to become uh directors great other cast you know shout outs from that (laughs) movie uh you got harry dean stanton as uh, detective junkins um, a lot of character actors that you would know to see, but not necessarily their name, and their names are escaping me right now, even though I'm looking at So Robert Prosky as as Will Darnell that runs the garage. Yep. I don't know his name, but you would know him to see him. Um, and I can't remember the dude's name, but he plays... In the movie, they change it to... There's no, like, LeBay. There's not a living LeBay and a... Wait, so what... what sorry. Yeah,
0: it's it's kind of... That whole connect, the, like, how the car got there for him to buy it. It's the It's kind of like glazed over oh, in the wait, movie, well no, right? in the
1: movie it's it the so in the in the book there is a brother of duvet uh of of Lebay. Um cuz Lebay dies after he sells Arnie the car. Um yeah, they, in yeah. the movie they just make it like his brother from the get-go. And his brother is pl- played brilliantly by the like the guy that I know best from what's his, his name is Robert's Blossom. But he's the old man in Home Alone, like that seems like a scary guy. The oh yeah, him, yeah. Not. Yeah. Uh he's great. My one gripe with what I would otherwise call truly like a perfect adaptation in, in movie, um, is in the book the the girl like the the, the leak habit that is like the 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 girl that everybody wants, but that Arnie somehow gets when he gets the confidence from as he's, you know, building up Christine and thus building up himself. Yeah. She's like this sort of blonde, kind of like Wendy in The Shining. Like she's this blonde uh, 50s femme fatale kind of, you know, like, um, but in the movie she's played by Alexandra Paul, who uh, she just doesn't like, would be one thing if she wasn't also like the same cast has kelly preston as this like minor character well kelly preston would have been a fucking Lee cabot as as described in the book that drives me a little nuts because alexandra paul nice lady i'm sure good actress but like she never seemed 18 like she always seemed like an a grown person to me like to see her in movies so that part made me a little crazy but otherwise, like, yeah, really, I mean, I liked the movie when I saw it. The, reading the book felt like a really protracted version of the movie, which is nicely condensed. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I got a chance to see it right as I was finishing it. It was at the end of a run. It was the last movie in a ru- whole f- thing they called different seasons a series of of screenings in the Alamo Draft House chain for Stephen King this fall. And that was the last one. And so I got to I got to That's revisit awesome. on the on the big screen. It was great. And actually, I sat next to. I, I think I told you this, but if I didn't, I sat next to the guy. Who we made the who who gave us the refund for when the bride couldn't go to Goonies?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And he
1: was like, you know, it'd be funny if you said like, because we we're like, oh, we're here for Goonies and we we're in costume.
0: <laughs> like, and he totally knew because yeah. obviously we we're in like, costume. It'd have been weird yeah. if you went to.
1: So, but I sat next to him. I'm not sure if he recognized me, but yeah. Also, the server was the same. Remember that, awesome. that girl who was like, aye, hey, Captain.
0: Yeah. And she yeah.
1: remembered my fucking first name.
0: <laughs> She's wow. Like, you
1: were the guys like you're dressed up. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So it was crazy. Like it got around that way. Anyway, so that was a very fun way to kind of wrap up my experience with the, the book to get to go back to Alamo. Um, and about awesome. as short as I could talk about
0: it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's perfect. Christine, check. Chris- Christine, good stuff yeah no it's it. totally a good book uh a great like ghost story um i i kind of like the elements of like how la is this like real entity in the book that yeah eventually sucks enough energy like from Artie that he like is physically there and is <laughs> yes, like manning yeah. christine and
1: and, like, it changes his signature. You know, like, Arnie, kind of in the movie, you see him go from, like, nerd to, like, his, to being kind of like a 50s creaser, really. Yeah. <laughs> Which I yeah. guess is their idea of him being LeBay. But right. uh, the, And and what I didn't know that I probably saw on DVD but hadn't read the book yet and didn't put together is they cut out certain things, like the growing uh, romantic triangle between um, Dennis, his football playing uh friend and Lee Cabot, the his girlfriend, but also that whole thing with the cast that really like shows you explicitly that Arnie, who signed his cast before he was like kind of possessed by this spirit, that looked like the kid he would have grown up with to once he was of com- like completely like taken over by Le Bay, like had basically LeBay's signature. Like they filmed right. all that, but it didn't make it into the
0: into right. the movie. So I like that it was just a evil car, like it was just this. E- like in the movie, it's almost like it, because he became so obsessed with it, that's what gave that car the power. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, not really that there was this continuation. Uh, so Christine, check,
1: and basically the whole cycle of the werewolf silver bullet that I could sort of summarize now it's a they call it like a novelette i think
0: when i looked up yeah it's, it's very really short yeah and it,
1: it just goes through like a, a year in this town that's getting and every chapter
0: is what is, is a month in in yes. around the, the full yeah. moon and, and that's the like cycle of the werewolf uh, it's yeah. a year of this small town being kind of traumatized by these killings that's it uh i i remembered in the book. It, the main character is from the movie is, is referenced in the book, but it's not so much about him. It's, it's the town, right? It, it's yeah, more... It takes a
1: minute for them to, to get around to the kid, but he does yeah. reoccur like the Corey Haim character in silver bullet, the, the movie adaptation. <laughs> they they do a nice job of like, cause the, the, the novelette, as they call it, it's like, it's illustrated by Bernie Wrightson um, do you have the
0: edition that also has the screenplay alongside no fuck i need that oh no there's there's a a a paperback version of that called that it's titled silver bullet
1: (sighs) i must have that
0: and it has a new forward by stephen king in it i guess okay it's not new oh there is something new it it was new (laughs) at the time for that um
1: but it's only like it had, the one I have is only like 130 pages, so like it's yeah, super, super short. short. It's like a kid.
0: So book. they have a version like that, but then alongside the book, they have the script broken up for the movie. That's because Stephen King wrote the script for the oh, for the movie. Yeah. So they have the script pages interjected then with the act, so you can compare them.
1: Oh man, I think I'm so into that. I will.
0: Yeah, I will I'll see, see if I can out. find. it. Let me. Uh. uh Talk on Silver Bullet a little bit. And let me oh, see sure. What I can so I, I, as a
1: kid, I loved werewolves, like from the the Lon Chaney werewolf movies that I saw on like W O I L Frank and Drac, you know, midnight matinee type stuff. To at the same time, there was a popular TV show that I referenced earlier called Werewolf, that was like a primetime show on Fox that uh, starred John J York. And was kind of like in, it was kind of like the Incredible Hulk series with a werewolf, and I th- developed by a guy called Frank Lupo. But um, so I, I, I truly I, that was my favorite thing as a kid, probably next to Frankenstein. <laughs> and uh, so the fact that I didn't see this movie, that's like kind of from the point of view of a, of a young kid. It baffles me to this day, but it's funny in the Wikipedia article they mentioned like that the it suffered at the box office from possibly a bad poster and campaign. <laughs> I think oh, that might be true really? for me too. Um Aww. that I didn't see it because it just didn't look appealing or maybe yeah. you know, it was maybe rated R and I couldn't also for me as a kid at that age, I knew Gary Busey as Buddy Holly. And so to see him yeah. as this kind of like who in that movie, like, he is like real thin to look like buddy Holly but in in this silver bullet he actually plays this this uncle character who is yeah like probably an, an alcoholic and who and he's who is this, and like he's busey before
0: he's busey before he's busey that's a, like that was the thing I wanted to make sure I touched on too like definitely
1: like before he was like blonde haired like lethal weapon busey yeah before or, and before he was crazy.
0: known for being that <laughs> yeah before he was known for being Busey. like I feel like it, all those yeah. guys like De Niro we've talked about this too like De Niro Nicholson like all those actors got to a certain point where they where people just wanted them to be them in their movie. yeah like you know like I feel like Jack Nicholson only like that is who he is in real life Burt Reynolds was another person like I just imagined Burt Reynolds that's just how he was in real life <laughs> yeah. you know like and they fa- somehow found a niche that they could get paid to be themselves and and as their characters and i think gary Busey ultimately got that scene like you remember when the fire stick came out and he was like the he was the spokesman for the amazon fire stick and like he's just being so like i love those commercials they're amazing but he's just like being himself but like also you could see him his some of his characters oh he's such
1: a nut like and and i remember uh uh but pumps and Logan used to watch endlessly this movie surviving the game yeah in which Busey has this improvised scene uh, about his childhood and Prince Henry stout that I won't get into here but like yeah he became this whole other thing and, and I we used there was a TV show short-lived too called I'm with Busey I think there was like yeah. him and I, I remember watching that like taped episodes in Columbus in like 2004 with pumps and Logan I remember Busey at some point cuts himself and he like drink, he like kind of wipes his hand on the blood and then wipes it to his tongue. He's like drinking your own blood is a paradigm of recycling. <laughs> anyway, he's a nut, and and like you start to see that I actually, I mean, honestly, even going back to Buddy Holly story, if which he was nominated for an Oscar for, you can see yeah. the, you can see him kind of bursting out of that. And yeah. what it is though, too, that I would just say is like he is, he's a force of nature. Like, yeah. And he does, there's no false note. Like, it's 100% truth, 100% like crazy, awesome. He's like, yeah. Nicholas, he's maybe more crazy than Nicolas Cage, more crazy and intense than Nicolas Cage. Or definitely that, gets him a run. I totally will money.
0: buy that. Totally buy that. Like, uh, but I feel like they still, he still was able to break, like, to be a character that wasn't him yeah. in Silver Bowl. Yeah. Like, but that, he
1: brings a lot of that personality yeah. to it to where he brings what would be potentially a kind of a stale role, a lot of vibrancy and realism just from his essential business. But so I guess my general thing is like, I really enjoyed the book and, and the, like a really short book with the Bernie Wrights and photos coming off, especially of Creepshow and like in 83. I also have this edition of Frankenstein that came out. frankenstein of course my favorite book (laughs) there was a version published by marvel with an introduction by stephen king that features illustrations by bernie wrightson um so bernie wrightson is like a strong and bernie wrightson ultimately did the illustrated like deluxe edition of the stand and so i really like that partnership and uh, i think it was a big part of um this project was it was like it was almost like a It was before things like twilight were for teens you know this book seemed aimed at teenagers or kids kind of yeah it wasn't a big you know doorstop or novel like it it was it was very short not even a novella they call it on the vhs art and novella (laughs) et, novelette anyway but short stories i fucking loved it like i i wish i had seen it as a kid because i would have loved it as a kid i i loved it as an adult Everett McGill is in it, who's from Twin Peaks as well, but also was in that werewolf TV show I mentioned. He plays the priest, who turns out to be the werewolf. Corey Haim, so great as the, as, as the kid. Yep. he's got the silver bullet wheelchair. Oh, it's I just love a goddamn, the, goddamn the, delight. Like,
0: sister narration, like because she she narrates she narrates yeah. the 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 movie, like the, she's because the the I didn't the book have some kind of like diary element to it, like it kind of felt like it was being told. I mean, certainly from that
1: monthly thing, and it would be a, from a different person's point of view. It seemed each time. Oh, okay. Like it would, it would sort of switch, and you could, you could put together the tapestry of the town through the different points of view. Like the one was like the lady who wanted to had this kind of sexual fantasy, but ultimately she was killed by the werewolf. Like sort of. Oh yeah. In, anyway, but um,
0: I sent a link to the to this. Um, I'll read you what the what the cover of this says. Uh you can find this though I I would go on eBay and get it. I would not get it from the link that I just sent you. Uh oh, I
1: see, that's 40 bucks for paperback. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um but it, it it here's what it says on the picture. It says include Stephen King's terrifying masterpiece Cycle of the Werewolf and his complete Silver Bullet screenplay and a new forward by the author. Um Oh, nice. uh, I'm into it. It still has the Bernie. What what's that name? Bernie lesson? Wrightson. Yeah, Wrightson. It still has his illustrations. Plus, <coughs> plus eight pages of dramatic movie photos. Oh,
1: of Busey. <laughs> Busey's like all bloated and stuff. I I think that was literally a barrier to me as a kid. But seeing it now, like it it's 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 actually a real important part of the character and like a character sort of attack that the that the that his sister the the kid's mother levels at him at some point. Yeah, yep. I really liked it. And I was just just to kind of wrap this up, I guess. Um, 1983 is a kind of a a pretty big year in Stephen King's, you know, output. So that year he the books Christine, Cycle the Werewolf and Pet Cemetery come out. Oh. as well as the films for cujo the dead zone and christine (laughs) oh man so is this that's a that's like
0: the year of stephen king that's like the 2019
1: yeah there was there was one or two other years that kind of came close and one of them is kind of more recently uh, Yeah. one of them was around that time but yeah i don't know so i'm glad yeah thanks for for giving me a a, a chance to kind of throw all that out there because i i've seen this stuff watched it or whatever a few months ago
0: yeah, well, and it clears the plate so that when the next time Stephen King gets up, comes up, we don't get it, have to like try to shoehorn that in.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. And I'm not sure where I want to go as I look at the checklist. I'm a little torn because I do love going in some kind of chronological order. And so for me, I did now skip over the Gunslinger and coming up as the Talisman, which I looked up.
0: That's tied to the Dark Towers here. Yeah, I saw
1: right. that. and I was like, oh. Interesting. And then things like Eye of the Dragon. And then I want to see, like, read stuff like The Mist, which I know also appears in Skeleton Crew, which is after Eyes of the Dragon. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll leave it as a mystery right now. I'm, I'm a little reticent to jump into the Dark Tower at Halloween season just because it doesn't seem yeah. like uh, a Halloween-y type book. <laughs> if, that, if such but a thing does, could be Either it's The
0: Talisman or... Um
1: thinner is right around there too
0: oh thinner is pretty good that's a, that could be a little halloweeny
1: yeah we'll see but i yeah yeah, th- uh, yeah i it continues to be a very enriching experience and it's so cool that for me jumping into this stuff I like reading stuff from 30 years ago to have both the kind of Parody or whatever, the fact that like when when you came to visit, you were because now you're through the whole chronology. But the idea, the very fact, just that like it's insane that I have a friend who would hit me with Bobcat out of nowhere (laughs) from this little (laughs) scene special, to have also been going through the Stephen King chronology at that time to now it being like this part major part of the cultural zeitgeist in two thousand nineteen. Yeah, what are the fucking odds? So it's been really fun.
0: Awesome. I'm glad, man, And, and and like. You're getting great adaptations Jesus, for, yeah. <laughs> uh, for his work now. So I'm really excited for Doctor Sleep. I think that's gonna be I, I like that it 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 is it, that's November that comes out. Yeah. So it's promising that they didn't put that out for horror movie season, right? They probably yeah, didn't and want to. When it's not dumped in it. like
1: February, is yeah. it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it didn't get dumped in February. Um and the scary part is, is that we only have that teaser so far, right? Like that's a mm. month out, and we only have a teaser, and that's it. Mm. It's either very promising or not.
1: Well, the or details of time. that book are very unshining esque, you know, <laughs> like yes, with the the steam and all of that. So and I the, wonder if they're yeah, kind of saving Yeah, and the traveling
0: band of uh, what do they call those? What do they call themselves? The um, the knot.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, there's there's really only characters, Danny and Dick Halloran are and Annie Torrance are the like three characters from The Shining, and the location. That's it. I'm mm-hmm. you know, yeah, the, yeah. That's so I really the ties just to The Shining on the familiarity have, of that, yeah. and not
1: wanting to complicate it with these new elements. Yeah.
0: So, it looked
1: cool though, and and I do especially like Ian McGregor. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that part of it.
0: Yeah. So.
1: so we'll definitely be back to talk about that, if not before.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So we appreciate uh,
1: you guys sticking with us. Yeah. Thanks for
0: hanging transition. out this whole time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and no video. Uh,
0: <laughs> and no video. And we keep pushing the longwalkshortdrink.com. Long, that mm-hmm. exists nowhere right now, but uh, it will at some point. Pinball, man. Every time I would get close, I'd like do some something else with pinball. That too. I so. mean,
1: I... I yeah, I would be just as happy to see like a live Palmer pinball feed or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, any of that. So,
0: all right. Well, uh, we've pushed it a couple times, but head to audibletrial.com slash LWSD. Get your free audio book on us. There was a ton of Stephen King that you can pick oh, from.
1: Definitely do it. That Stephen yeah, Weber it. thing is amazing. Or if you're in a self self-help or like self-improvement type vibe um, you can get an audiobook of well-being is a value fulfillment how we can help each other live well by valerie tiberius though not All right I heard. but in oh. any event yeah and that's a pretty short book
0: too uh so there's that uh head to our youtube page uh youtube.com slash long short drink uh you can see any of the videos that we reference uh here uh, head over to Twitter and follow us at LWSD Pod. Um, other than that, I think that's about it. That's tons. Thanks, Thanks buddy. buddy. This was, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jinx. Thanks, Long Walkers. Uh, you guys have a good night. Have fun. Be happy. Fucking A. Great advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Cheers, All right. everybody. Yep. We'll talk to you soon. Be well, my friend. Yeah, you too. <laughs>